You are listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 57. Hustling and bustling town of yes, Silvery Moon is slowly starting to become familiar to you as you uh, enter your day three. third day here with a laundry list of <coughs> uh, tasks uh, that still need to be done and information that still must be gathered. The party finds themselves uh, all awoken and bathed and groomed to various degrees. Uh, and uh, in the common room, your meeting room, around your table, which has been cleaned up, and some uh, nice little uh, you know breakfast breakfast pieces left for you this mm. morning. Delicious. Mm. Have a piece. Tristan grabs a Danish on the way up. <clears throat> Sorry, an Elvish on the way out. The, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. forgot Rome's version. Maddie and Elvish. Right. I definitely from Denmark. Um. And he's wearing uh, his green cape that was just made by the others. And he says, uh, Good day to y'all. To y'all. <laughs> Good day to y'all. What have you had to do to today, Drustin? You've been eating. You nipped off uh, without saying anything yesterday, and I, uh, I'd ask you before you headed out the same fashion this morn. Oh, I'm securing a spot to store uh, all the... The artifacts and the relics and the uh, knowledge that I've collected so far. Oh, come on. Can they trust us to carry it with us without it getting burned or destroyed? Burned? Burned. <laughs> literally burned by burn. So, uh... Oh, the bed rolls were an accident. I've already apologized. On the books! On the books. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of books. Burned indeed. Burned me once. There's, there's a map on the wall. There's a picture Baron. And there's like some burnt books. And there's some burnt bed rolls and some yarn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be a picture Baron on each of those. Yeah, yeah. Shadowy <laughs> game we're playing, Ben and I. Of course, yeah. He says, uh, uh, I thought it would be best to, to store it in a place where folks can see it. So I, I bought a little plot of land, or uh, uh, renting it, and uh, can open up a little uh, a shop, as it were, or a, a sort of little museum. You're gonna have a shop where you're not there. I'll hire someone to mind it, just like I did with that uh, hopefully very responsible stranger who came up with <laughs> Blossomdale. <laughs> they haven't, they haven't shown up though. And what's to stop them from just walking off with your? Your stuff. Or uh, eating that donkey. Just uh, look and uh, they'll want her money. They'll be able to make more money traveling around than they would by eating the donkey. <laughs> what about by selling the things to various. Selling Hamish the twin blight? Who I don't would know. Someone might be it curious. It would be a criminal offense to sell some of these items. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, he pulls out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
He pulls out a, a jar of, uh, of basically like fermenting liquid uh, that has the um, shambling mound root in it. And he says, who would buy this cousin? But it's very valuable for knowledge. Someone with nefarious So a very intent. stupid person, it sounds like. Why not sell it to a wizard that's here locally, Justin, and might better... Cause that wizard to keep the knowledge for himself, as all powerful people do. This knowledge belongs to everybody. I would the stranger may sublet your lot for sub, for just regular income stream and I mean, if it's turn it into a, a laundry or, or something. Yeah. I mean, if it's if it's exciting enough to draw people to look at it, doesn't it make sense that people might want to buy it for a certain amount of money? I but. I am a very powerful wizard. And he uses his little spell to control flame to turn one of the little oil sconces in the room green. And he says, On oh, most shopkeepers are a superstitious lot. I'll rely on their fear of magic to keep them in line. <laughs> may, may very well work. But the strangers. <laughs> Isn't this a very <laughs> magical city, though? <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Someone you lose walks, all your stuff. Someone walks away with a map of the Evermores, and eventually some other adventurer will find it. I hope it goes well, Thrusten. And the fact that we don't have to carry around uh, Hamish any longer mm. makes me sleep easier, so... Oh, I... Hamish is with that older guy. I hope he's okay. Oh. <laughs> I hope the other fellow's all right, too. God! The other fellow? Murderous twig blade on him. <laughs> I we have grown too much. I don't think that exists. Uh, he says, if anybody would like to come with me, they're invited, but I better be off. I put out a notice to meet me at sunup. Uh, are you planning on investigating the jewel further? Or? Uh, Mark charms and he says, I'll be taking that back to all the glitters. Oh, right. You said you to were going to do some, uh, some bargaining and be, uh, be perusing their... There uh, the possibility of some diamonds while I'm there as well. I've gotten some uh, some uh, suppliers' rights to purchase, and we'll make a good use of that. All right, I'm gonna go talk to this Balanos fella that Grumbar said. <coughs> contact or something. I don't know what or who that's about, but I uh, see what that's about. You Justin, if you get a chance, can you look at that parchment again? That I, the one that I got from Deeper Massacre. Do you want to come with me? After I set up business, we can head there to a, a place of knowledge together. Oh. I got a library. Yeah, I mean, it looks around to see if there's anything. Does anyone else need any hand? I mean, I'm gonna head, I'm gonna see if we can get any assistance in locating or finding a guide that can take us to Deep Mascar. But Mark says, yeah, "Better job." I know it was very boring the first time, and that's why you wandered off to kill him. And fuck other people, but but if uh, if you haven't anything better to do, there's a wee lassie at this uh, at this sh- this gem shop of you mine. You want me to beat her up? That would like nothing better. Oh, okay. Deception check. <laughs> One. <laughs> we know that she doesn't want you to beat oh. her up. What does she do to you that makes you want me to beat her up? <laughs> Says, uh, she doesn't really want to be flogged in any literal sense, but she's got uh, a bit of a thirst for the adventuring life, and I figure no one better than you that show her exactly how problematic that might be for her if she really pursues it. Why do you care? Cautionary tale. Uh, he says, uh, 
only as a favor to the family. The father seems to be having some reservations about her her uh, overly eager spirit. I figure an eight foot tall Goliath with an overly sized hammer may uh, quench the excitement a bit. Aye, adventuring wife, no. Not a good uh, I think career for any uh, dwarf with any sense. A 45 year old young young dwarven lass? Ugh. Better things to do with her time. She'd get horn swoggled by the first bag of con artists on the road. Uh, don't I know it? Scrim is another option too, Scrim, if you want to really put the fear of uh, <laughs> adventuring lifestyle. I do not lead an envious station. Not all of us, but she seemed keen on every last detail over the last few weeks. Okay, I will go, but only for a little time. Until I am bored. <laughs> it should, it, it's not the whole day like it was before. Mm-hmm. Simply uh, p- purchase a few this things. This is the face I make when I do not believe you. <laughs> it is like my other face. Let's just head over there. Alright. Well, I'll go with you then, Scrimcorn. Uh... Okay. I don't know where to go. I'll ask maybe the hotel has an idea of where I could, where this Balanos fella is, or maybe they have a lead on where I might go about finding a person in a city. You do both, both of those. You can take care of that. Find if you just run around screaming their name. Eventually All someone right. comes and says, Stop screaming! So Scrim and... and you can ask them. Scrim and Baron head out together, and... Uh, you stopping at the hotel? Yeah, you're at, you're at the inn. Yeah, we're at the inn. Uh, he goes down to the front desk, and is there a person there? I the concierge? Yeah, it says, um, I'm looking for an individual in this town. Uh, goes by the name of Balanos. It's recommended to me by an associate by the name of uh, Grumbar, Tortlefella, Air Balloon. Any names ring a bell to you? Yes. Oh, Balanos. Yes, of course. This is a name you've heard of. It says, it says, I would, I would say that many, uh, that many know the, uh, that Balanos works in the old, wor- wor- uh, in the workshop off the North Bank. Absolutely. Three blocks left and then, uh, or three blocks east. Take a right, move up two blocks and then you can't miss it, the big tree. What's, uh, who, who is he? Uh, um. It's a big tree. Uh, Balanos is a, uh, it's a quirky individual. Do you, why are you, is this, you don't know who this person is? Uh, no, I've recommended, uh, we go talk to him. Limited communication. It says, uh, well, uh, it says, that'll be a, uh, that'll be a fun, uh, a fun experience for you, uh, as it usually is for those that, uh, go speak to, uh, go speak to Balanos. Sounds like, uh, sounds like you've got a, uh, an airship that needs, uh, repairs, eh? Uh, apparently so. He says, yeah, her being an airship engineer and all. Ah, didn't know that. Well, that says, explains a few things. Says, oh, you don't know anything, do you? Well, anyway, you don't head know off anything. to the, uh, Fuck you. <laughs> massive oak tree. Can't miss it. Massive oak tree. All right. You know what an oak tree looks like? Of a man's hand. I, I take offense at the accusation that we know nothing, but we have little to you argue against. You literally just the said, opposite. "What's an oak so, tree?" Scrimcorn is partially named after the product. I mean, I know trees are trees. I mean, there's a few I, I can, They all look alike. To you. I can. I can keep an eye out. For I can tree. definitely recognize an oak board from a maple board, but when they're still in the ground, I'm not quite sure. 
That's a good point. I might not be able to recognize the board, so. With our powers combined, we should be able to muddle through this. Maple boards, you hit very hard. They do not break. Pine boards, they break. Not a lot of trees growing under the mountain. Alright. That would be backwards. So we'll we'll head out. Okay. Heading out to... Are you going to Balanos first, or are you doing your thing first? Um, uh, let's do, I'll do Balanos first. So you're going to go uh, with him to Balanos. And then, then the next one will be a lot, lot more just wandering around. Maybe we'll come back to the hotel to find... Trimcorn's going to want to basically say... Sure. Where are travel guides? Cause I mean, an airship engineer might, might have a lead on that, too. True. Let's see. Okay. Give me a moment here. That screw was just wearing his clothes that were made. He did bathe, by the oh. way. Oh, that is appreciated. Clean. Not a deep clean. What does Scrimcorn smell like right now? Um, he mm. smells like uh, deodorant just put over BO. Mm. Nice. Uh, nice. It's not like, like oh. it's masking. 13th century, like, French perfume. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Cover up the stuff. Yeah, he does have a powdered face and a little <laughs> beauty mark drawn in. Yeah. Baron's got his, his his new clothes on, and his beard, well, you know, clean. Definitely there's, like, you've seen, he's, he's, he must have a little pile of something, like various little rings, little things, like whatever going. There's less. Definitely less, less today. But more reserved. What do his clothes look like? What kind of clothes did he get? Uh, very normal, plain-looking clothes, like... Boring. Scrimcorn was like, I'll take boring clothes. And Baron was like, one of those for me, too. Right, Scrimcorn's goal Do you match? Is... Do you literally match? Like, did he take you literally and no, now you guys are twins? No, so what Scrim wanted, and and it's basically any any quality put in is not just to look plain, but to blend in. So actively, actively blending in as a, like, hide in plain sight, like the most driven car An on the extra. road kind of thing, where, like, there's probably a lot of similarities, but they're clearly not identical because that would stand out. <laughs> <laughs> that would look weird. It's like Humpty and Dumpty. Whoa, what a boring outfit. And that guy's wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more suspicious than ever. super weird. So as Baron and Scrimcorn round the corner from where they said, you can see this oak tree from a couple blocks away. So I mean, an it is clear. It is an oak. It is jutting up into the uh, above the sky. The there are many trees here that uh, that tower over the buildings, but but this one this one towers above them. And you're surprised you didn't notice it from further away, but you realize that's a lot of what this town is all about. Is that these these things that are unbelievable displays, but because it's so large and and has these groves, and it all sort of just camouflages into the distance. The skyline is not memorable, as it were, in Silvery Moon. It's every block has its own memorable view. Hmm. And so as you get closer, you see this, uh, you see this big oak tree, and as you round the corner, you <coughs> see that a huge structure has been built up around the oak tree. Not unlike the Golden Oak, but where the Golden Oak has, uh, uh, has curved, uh, uh, you know, architecture, and it's all about this very Elven-inspired, uh, Elven-inspired aesthetic. Aesthetic. The uh, this place looks uh, this place looks way more utilitarian, but still somehow beautiful. It is built up with big hexagonal uh, wooden walls, you know, going up, and there are windows on different areas, and there's a big Buttresses. open door in Just the front. There. Hmm. Interesting looking. This must be Balanos's. It looks 
like a thing that'd be hard to miss. In we go. So yeah, walk up. So you walk in, you see the site of a huge workshop. There are benches and tools <coughs> scattered everywhere. There are, uh, there's huge canvases hung on every wall. And as you look up the center where the big oak is, there's the, uh, uh, it's just open air and goes up one, two, three, four, five, six stories. And you can see more tools hanging off the edge of each of the platforms going up. You see a huge inflated balloon in one hole, filling almost half of the uh, half of the side of this workshop, uh, uh, and it's it's just floating a couple feet off the ground, hooked up to some sort of apparatus. There's a whole bunch of other canvases spread out, and some sort of ap- uh, uh, various different tools clipped to it and such. And uh, you see no one in sight. No people. It's a lot of workbenches and tools. Yep. Hello? Hello? <laughs> you hear a crash and a clatter. And then uh, uh, and then the sound of what maybe a toolbox falling over and uh, it says, Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. They exchange a glance. Uh, awkwardly standing while somebody... Are you hurt? Scream Corn calls out, Are you Balanos? says, Huh? And uh, and then you see a blur overhead where the voice came from leap over towards the tree and uh, and then one hand and one foot on the tree sliding down the tree to land gracefully right in front of you. She is all red, covered in leaves. I'll make you a little more zoomed in. Uh, red skinned, tall, pointy ears. What looks like clothing made of uh, made of perhaps oak leaves, and you're not even sure if it's clothing or part of her body. Huh. And uh, and she says, Ah, yes, ah, yes. Uh, how can I help you today? Uh, I am Scrimcorn. <laughs> glad I glad I took that bath. Hi. So glad. Ben. Baldur. He was like, are we doing fake names? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. (laughs) (laughs) He says, "Uh, don't tell me your name. I will not remember it. Just tell me what you're here for. Uh, An associate of ours, Grumbar, Tortle, airship, uh, balloon pilot person. She perks up and says, Grumbar. She says, I know Grumbar, good friend of mine, good friend. What's he, uh, it says, is he here in town? Needs that, uh, needs that hobo balloon of his repaired? Uh, he said he was on his way here one to three weeks or so, uh, and to come talk to you, but communication was limited. Do you know why he might have wanted us to come and talk to you? Well, probably to take my wrench and uh, and 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 spare fabric and fix up that terrible balloon of his. That makes sense. <laughs> is, I have no argument. It is a terrible balloon. We're potentially going to be making use of Grumbar's services to take us on a distant journey, and uh, I think we'd love some kind of. Upgrades? Upgrades. Something in the mark of like a thousand miles. He says, well, luck does favor the prepared. That's good. He says, a thousand miles, you say? Don't go in his balloon. It's a death trap. What? What? 
We are told it's safer than ground travel. Oh, travel. it's safer than ground travel, for sure, for sure. But, uh, it says, but you're going a thousand miles, you're going to want something a lot better than that. But say no more, I will build you a new air balloon. What? Uh, <clears throat> and she disappears over into, uh, uh, behind one of the pieces of, of fabric. Out of the goodness of your heart? He says, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to need you to do something for me. It says, gonna need a Sprite. Uh, Sprite to power the thing. Fresh out, fresh out. Gonna need it. Sprite. Sprite? Yeah, like a wind spirit. Like a Mountain Dew, but... Carbonated beverage Thank in you. another dimension. What does Scrimcorn know about Sprite? A lot. Or Baron, for that matter. They're, I mean, they're, they are, they are as varied as the other, you know, species of the, uh, species of the world here. There are, she could be talking about anything. Okay. Like, this could be a religious thing, for all we know. This is true. Worship the wind. Get you a sprite. How? I'm a bit lost. (laughs) Where could we get one? She pokes her head back out and she says, he says, Great head star. out into the forest, into the area where all the squalls, uh, uh, where all the squalls like to appear over a lake, and uh, and capture one of the sprites that's making the big squall. Bring it back to me, uh, and it says, make sure it's subdued. Very dangerous they are, and uh, bring it to me, and we'll put it in a balloon. So that's, that's all we need to do to to earn your your gift of a brand new. Balloon. Oh, not a gift. Also, lots of gold. Yeah. Also, lots of gold. Uh, <laughs> oh, this isn't a gift. She says, you came into my shop. I assume that you have money. Aye, we have coins. She's like reaching for the eject What's, button. What's, uh, what magnitude of coin are we talking? She says, uh, words are useless. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Let's, uh, he says, come back in an hour. I'll have a schematic for you. Can it please be a little scale model that floats around? Guys. <laughs> <clears throat> She says, this will be the greatest creation I've ever made. She says, wouldn't do it for anyone but Grumbar. Okay. We'll, Grumbar we'll come back. Cool. We have, we'll come back, we'll then. Come back. Uh, she says, and bring me who will be in the balloon. I need to see what I'm dealing with here. Bobby, no glass. Uh, that <laughs> might be difficult to get on an hour's notice. So it doesn't have to be an hour. She says, just come back when you come back. With everybody. Yep. Okay. Good enough. Get you a sprite. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Not a regular sprite. It's got to be a feisty one. The feistier, the faster. That's what I always say when talking about this particular design, which I'm doing right now. Um, okay. <laughs> I think we need a net or something. Net. <laughs> On a cage or a jar? Right. How we'll, big are they? We'll be back, Miss <laughs> Balanos. He says, just Balanos. Miss Balanos is Very good then. We'll, uh, back in a, back in a jiffy. Just not a jiffy, at least an hour. And back in at least an hour. Very he good. Says, he says, yeah. good, good, okay. Now out, out, out. And Baron no, starts <laughs> walking out. You hear a loud pop. And look back, and you see that that big inflated thing is just is. Oh no! Wow. So. That does not inspire confidence. I mean, the entire airship industry does not inspire confidence. Uh, yet at the same time, it does seem to float, which is 
Well, I heard she's keeping Dude, He's close. still alive. The turtle's still alive. It's true. <laughs> Let's see if the concierge might know where we could go to for Spray to hire a guide or something like that for the for the longer journey itself. Aye, that seems reasonable. At least for some at least of our- at least some of our path won't be above ground. So. No, that's true. At least a map or, map or a description. Um, or at least options. Right. A brochure. Uh, Lucy starts walking back towards the actually back to the hotel. I feel like I'd rather I'd rather trust them with our because we pay them. Yeah, I feel like them. Drewston finds himself at the uh, fountain. Not at approaching. Up. Drewston is approaching the fountain. <laughs> Oh, he's, um, he's looking to see who's there. Uh, are there some interesting-looking folks standing about? There are this entire twenty-five fountain? to thirty people <laughs> all gathered around the fountain, like talking like and mingling. Yeah, yeah. Some people are like not mingling at all; they're just sitting like on the fountain, like uh, uh, just Jason, waiting. Jason, cast fog cloud. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! He's gonna center the fog cloud on the. Fountain. What does fog cloud do? Creates a thick Creates cloud fog. of fog, of obscuring fog. Yeah, Tristan's done this before. This is yeah, no big deal yeah. for him. He goes and uh, what does it look like when so, he creates this? Or what, is uh, it, what does he look like when he's doing this? So he he pulls out his uh, etching. Now he's kind of copied it over into kind of just um, a leather scroll of uh, a chardelon, the symbol of a chardelon. And he calls upon the just summons the power of a short one to heat the water and starts to bubble a little bit and then cools into this thick fog that pours around the statue of a centaur and the centaur's fountain and starts pouring. Uh, it begins to bubble style. up. It begins to bubble up and over, but then he uh, he sees the bubbling reduce as the fog just dissipates yeah. into the ground. Oh, and. Uh, uh, and Drewston can feel a pressure Ooh. push in against him from every direction in this place. And he thinks back to uh, what he's read of Silvery Moon and its uh, citywide enchantment, uh, the mythal, one of the great ancient mythals of the world, which are very few and very rare, that, uh, that keeps this place in the weather conditions that it is. Ah, weather, okay. Oh. Well then, he will instead... Cast control flame. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be. A little, would look cool. The, the people that were talking, like they like looked over at the, yeah, at the yeah. fountain and then and they and then it went away and then they continued talking. There are there's a small fire, you know, it's a guy's like roasting chestnuts or something. Yeah, and then it turns green, and then he casts minor illusion to create the sound of thunder. <laughs> It dismisses a little bit of fog that's over there. <laughs> and then he strolls up in his green cloak. And he says, uh, Those who have counsel with the green wizard, which is what he signed the job thing from, come forth. Those of weak wills and spirits, flee back to your hovels. Four of them walk away, but the rest <laughs> four walk away. Like, they, they look at him like wide-eyed, yeah. uh, and they back away. No. One of them's not wide-eyed. One of them just goes, "Not worth my time." Yeah. <laughs> and he leaves. Like, oh, not this really. shit again. Not weird. <laughs> Too weird. Fucking <laughs> <But> wizards. <laughs> like, plenty of more pieces of parchment on that job board. Yeah, yeah. The rest are all going. Oh, we got you to a job to college. 
Uh, they've he's... all stopped talking and yeah. looking. And uh, he's just got... Got the resume out. Oil vein. Oil vein's got it, because he's got the hood and the little... Yes. Covering on his face. So nice. He's Spooky guy. Securing his... Uh, mm. He'd look like, he looks like he's just bundled up. For Putting like he's a cold. Johnny <laughs> Starsalito vibe. Uh, and then he's got his uh, Angus perched. Sleepy on his walking stick. Sleepy. And he says, I am a wizard in need of a faithful servant to run my affairs whilst I travel the world seeking powerful artifacts and relics. Says, uh, I'd trust ye with items of great power and know ye if ye have foolish thieving hands. Many curses shall be laid upon you. Tristan sees one guy like try to sneak out the back, like look nonchalant, just kind of like he looks at the chestnut roaster, like he's like interested in buying some, and then just walks away casually. Hey, are you going? Just, he scratches his neck, picks up the pace. Ah, uh, he says, "Run!" If still your heart is strong enough, come talk with me. I'll stare into your soul and judge your character. And find the one, or maybe two of you, who oh, I trust enough. And then I'll say, um... The rest we'll, I shall burn. Line up over there. In the one of them raises his hand and says, Well, what do we actually have to do? What's the job? Yeah, what's the job? He shall be the minder of my reliquary, a collection of artifacts and relics and knowledge that few possess. Like a museum, someone says. Kind of like that. Why don't you just call it a museum then? <laughs> he says, like a museum. The other person says, how long's the contract? Drusen uh, says, what's it pay? Yeah, you would set your own pay. Uh, I'd give you a starting mm. fund, but after that, uh, you'll make any money that folks pay to go into it. Uh, it will all be yours. One person says, so you're not. Paying us? Paying us? <laughs> so there's no Two more people walk away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't want those guys. He says, you'll be paid two ways. Solid gold and the greatest payment of all. No. Exposure. No. Experience. <laughs> knowledge. It says knowledge of the wide world and that's what lies beneath. <laughs> you, five more people leave the yeah, you want yeah, people yeah, 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 still yeah. it's like it's like narrowed down to yeah, about yeah, yeah, 15 yeah. people left right. who are all here like they're just sort of waiting and another guy says should we line up uh, I, another guy just pushes forward immediately to the front Others are looking and he says Jareth uh, he shakes his hand I'm your guy he says I'm your guy oh. I've run six shops around this town I know the place he says reliquary sounds great Peyton knowledge that's me he gives a long stare into his oh, eyes yeah. And he says, I didn't luck the scent of your soul. Be gone. Oh, mean and He looks offended and says, and says, you make more money with me at the helm than any of these jabronis. And uh, walks away. <laughs> uh, then he'll go and talk with the others. It's where I work. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, he's basically just going to try to find someone who seems trustworthy enough uh, to run the place from now on. All right, it takes a while. He's going back. He's going, he's going through the list. Mark. Group, group interviews. Maka is... Maka and Berjaw. Berjaw, where uh, 
Uh, heading back to all its glitter and uh, yes. moth attired in his new regalia, which includes a very uh, a very flatteringly cut vest sleeveless to show the guns, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, some kind of uh, like uh, there's actually proofs of the wardrobe change. I mean, you have to show off your guns. Uh, you got it, but it's sleeveless, and you've also talked about the low cut. Super done. Are you wearing a V neck nails vest? <laughs> I mean, like, we're getting at Mox got the bod and he's here to flaunt it. This is something to impress. Can you make your pecs do the... Uh, He's wearing a slingshot bikini. He does. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the winter. Full Zardo. Not in the winter. But in in the winter, though, he does have a very very nice heavy cloak, which for almost all dwarves, regardless of their hair situation, but especially for the bald ones, a heavy cowl. To uh, <coughs> top it off and, and manage the heat loss. Really don't but um, yes, yeah, complemented with uh, adorned leather bracers, as well as, uh, yeah, there we go, on, on, on the arms. Um, and then some uh, kind of like the, 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 the low the low kind of hung, uh, just kind of more kind of like whatever. Low Pairs, hung. Parachute pants? Yeah, well hung. Well, they got to make room, um, you know. Kind yeah. got a, a Arabian thing going on. Yeah, it's a little bit of that. I mean, wide belt with you know not enough metal, but you know he uh, he, he got he got a, a, a pretty heavy set buckle there and some sturdy black yes. boots. Any hat or head covering? He's, he's got so he's got a, a heavy cowl on his uh, on his robe. Oh, okay. On the cloak, I should say. Um, yeah, and then uh, beyond that, just some. Uh, Yes, yeah, simple trinkets. You see the the line around his neck that he always uh, wears with his clan crafter, but that's that's uh, tucked away. Uh, and you know, maybe I have to turn it around. Yeah, because if it's a super the, deep, the deep v, v, you're gonna. Have he works that out though. He works that out. <laughs> uh, and then uh, again, hands full of still, though his though his situations have improved. He continues to wear pure iron bands on his fingers. So several rings, but nothing nothing uh, very precious. Or bejeweled, um, and yeah, he's heading out, heading out to all the glitters. Fair job. Is wearing her okay. normal clothes with yeah. a very nice cloak that she wears under dress. Yes, we know she doesn't prefer it. All the glitters backed away in the alley. Uh, what's his name? His name's uh, Barvik. Barvik. Marvik is uh, manning the shop, as always. And he says, he says, Welcome back. Can Bearjaw come in? Well met, Marvik. Who's your companion today? Uh, I present to you uh, Bearjaw, a, uh, a, a powerful warrior and uh, traveling companion of mine for quite some time. I thought, and he kind of gives him the wink, uh, the excitement of your daughter may be well met with a true adventurer. Someone who may give her a more realistic taste of what the road, uh, the lifestyle of the road looks like. Yes, with your, per- with your permission. Barvik chews <laughs> on his cigar, moves it from one side of his mouth to the other. I'm trying to be sly. I don't know if he picks up on my drift. He takes a couple puffs of his cigar <laughs> and he looks <laughs> bare jaw up and down slowly with his one good eye. All from all the way from head slowly down to her feet. She does the same thing, but it takes way less time. He says, it won't work, but uh, but I appreciate the gesture. Why, is he says, it made out of rocks or something? He says, head on back. He says, start uh, uh, and, and 
Start picking picking out what you want to yeah. yeah, yeah. He says, uh, I'll, I'll do just that and uh, one special request at the end. But we can, we'll, I'll I'll let you know after. This we is already our getting boring. He uh, uh, frowns and says, says, I don't like mysteries. He says, uh, he says, uh, well, you can always refuse if uh, if you need. He shrugs. I just I didn't like he gestures it. Gestures back. I'm not interested. And he says, uh, oh, God, my, my computer keeps screwing up. <coughs> he says, Helena, Aurora. He says, guests. And he gestures for you to head on back. I like box box. Go back. Box box. Box box. He's a partner. He seems savvy. Yeah. So what's Mock doing here? So what Mock wants to, he wants to invest 500 gold pieces in himself, basically. He's, he's, he only wants to buy uncut gems and some jeweler's wire in various precious metal. So gold, whatever. It was brought up at some point, I think, in one of the discussions that uh, we could use some diamonds for spellcasting. 100%. Absolutely. Again, and amongst those rough cut gems, we want rough cut gems that Mach can turn into gems of appropriate value. Um, for the for the use in Baron spells, I don't know what value amounts you're seeking, uh, or what kind of sort of discount rate I can expect, but this is a, a little bit of a larger thing about. Yeah, just uh, specifically. I mean, I think we were gonna pitch in some money from the group things. We'll yeah. do with that. Make okay. a shopping list of that while you're doing your yeah, sure. your more personal thing. <clears throat> and um, we should make a list. So yeah, Maka. <clears throat> He already talked a little bit about, you know, local preferences and crafting styles with uh, Vardrick last time. And, you know, again, if, if Mock's on the road, there wasn't a lot to be added there. So Mock picks a selection, primarily more mundane gems. Like, he's not trying to choose, like, large size, high-end rubies and sapphires and emeralds. He's got, like, you know, quartzes and turquoise, maybe some amethysts, uh, you know, even, even things like... Uh, yeah, I mean, even even things kind of with a few imperfections, something that he knows he can make a profit on and charge small amounts. Because he expects to be mostly in small towns where he can't be like, yeah, this fine hundred gold piece will just, you know, tell the wife that you really love her more than everything <laughs> you've ever bought in your entire life combined, right? So, like, he's, he's, he just, he's investing more in a high volume amount of stones that he can he can transform into something that's nice, but can be marketed to a rather rather n- normal crowd, accepting maybe two or three uh, nicer gems um, that he uh, that he gets for his own purposes. And uh, as he's doing this, Helena is primarily uh, assisting him as he's explaining uh, sort of the general sort of types of stones he's looking for, uh, you know, the, the price points that he would be looking for. Because like you said, you're working backwards from what you're... Yeah, what I'd like to invest. What your customer... Well, what you'd like to invest and then what each customer you would expect to be able to actually sell. And, you know, this is... Mock knows this stuff. That's right. It's been a while since he's exercised those muscles, but, uh, but you know, it comes right back. And so Helena is uh, pulling out bins. There are... They have these. Uh, uh, they have these wooden and stone bins of different uh, uh, gems, and they're just stored all over the place. Like right. this guy, th- th- there's a fortune in this place. Like clearly, he buys uh, he buys rocks in uh, in just 
large quantities, uh, much like Mock did once upon a time, or, or even had employees that did once upon yeah, a time. I mean, the unassuming, the unassuming kind of storefront would not would not kind of indicate the wealth hidden here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, and so Helena is uh, is uh, uh, happily you know doing things. She, oftentimes, it's Mock, you know, sort of. Correcting her, being like, well, not that sort of thing, because we're <coughs> much more practiced than she is. But there's occasional times when she's got just the idea, brings it uh, out. How about this? You know, is like, where you think, did you think about this? And like, oh. he's like saying, oh, a gem type, a little more obscure. Wouldn't have even thought that they would have it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. is a good Operate. thing. Like, you can market that up a little bit higher. Profit margin's a little better because sure. of the perceived rarity, yeah, but yeah. like a little faster to work with too. So yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely, all these sorts of um, all these sorts of factors. Meanwhile. Hmm. Berta's eyes glazing over slowly. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, wearing her uh, wearing her tunic and uh, and knee high boots, Aurora is standing in front of Bearjaw, eyes wide, huge grin on her face, looking up at Bearjaw's face. Bearjaw looks over at Mock and's like. I, that's the one last year. She had, she had just come out of being somewhere else. She was predisposed. Talk my ear off about the adventuring lifestyle yesterday, didn't you, lass? She says, Is this one of your party members? I. she's part of the party. She says, Are you a fighter? A barbarian? I a am, barbarian. I am the party. That's what they say sometimes when I come into the taverns. She Allow says, me to introduce myself. She says, did you kill No, I said allow me to introduce myself. She gets excited, grabs a, uh, a stool, and sits down. I am Berja, Winterborn sister of Clan Redfrost, child of Hornshot and Wild Eye, proved she by Stormtooth in honorable combat, undefeated Tavern Brawl champion, normal face, and I have killed a black dragon. What have you killed? She says, oh, I haven't killed anything. Just a couple of rats and, uh, uh and she says, and one time, uh, 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 something that was bigger than a rat. Like a vole or something. Voles are not bigger than rats. You are thinking a perhaps weasel. a weasel. It was a weasel. Must have been. I don't know. She says, okay. my dad didn't know about it. We all start somewhere. Just killed it. How old are you? Four? Five? She says, I'm 45. What? That was what they said. And you are fully grown? She hesitates for a moment. She says, yeah, basically. You don't get... <laughs> you don't get any bigger than that? She says, many dwarves are fully grown by age 40. Physically. Mock shops, oh. shops hard. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. You come with me. Shopping so hard over here. She walks away. She looks over at Mock for just a moment. So don't look at him. Look at me. He's busy. He's working. You're not working. I don't see you working. Come on. And she <laughs> follows Bearjaw. Bearjaw has a new follower. Bearjaw has one. They got into the front area. It's like, this is where less damage will be done. Okay. In the front, like the storefront? Mm-hmm. All through the door. Through oh, the okay. Outside. I thought you were like, <laughs> the, the storefront, the area the with the gems on yeah. display. Yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 This is where garbage is. Here's where everyone will be able to see what's about to happen. <laughs> know. This is where people put all the stones they've ruined after they've shaped them into these <laughs> useless shapes. <laughs> these things that don't even break anything. Let's do the flip over the table challenge. Yeah, that'll be good. No, no, no. She, she takes her outside. Okay. Okay, so we are going to fight now. We will see how you do. 
Barvik just grunts as you two walk up through the store. She completely ignores Barvik. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. She says, I, I, I don't have a weapon. What is your preferred weapon? She says, I've been practicing with a sword. Okay. And she starts looking around. Do you have a sword? She says, uh, uh, back in my room. <laughs> sword. She says, well, it's a sharp sword. I can't, I wouldn't swing it against you. Why not? She says, I only swing against uh, practice targets. Well, how are you going to defeat anything but a practice target if you don't practice against something else? She says, okay, I'll go get my sword. We'll get your sword. Hurry she up. runs inside. <laughs> She's back a few minutes later holding a uh, a pretty nice sword. Um, it's a uh, rich I mean, daddy, you know. It's rich not. Dad. It, it doesn't her. have a, a, a lot of filigree on it, but you know, Bearjaw's been around enough, and and while she doesn't, uh, you know, while she prefers the more hammery, uh, uh, legendary type weapon, she's you know fought enough goblins and and giants using uh, you know using shitty poorly uh, poorly forged sword. Plus, she's probably in her time with Mock, you know. Uh, Heard him ramble on and on about mm. the proper way to da da da. Some of she, it filters in. And some when she's got this sword, she knows that some swords break after the second <coughs> swing, some after ten swings. That's those ten swing swords that you want to really hang on to. Yeah, <laughs> those are the ones. And uh, she's got uh, uh, on attached to a belt and a scabbard. Uh, uh, she pulls out a sword, and it's a simple, but clearly even at a distance, just well forged sword. When she pulls out the sword, is it a practice motion or is she rusty? Um, no, she she pulls it out. She pulls it out with a with a slight flourish. So she's trying. So she, practice. Bearjaw can tell she's trying to impress. She's showing her best. It's practice. Best for the board. Okay. All right. Let's see how you how you do. She takes a sip of whatever she's got, puts it down. Today, it's ale. Today it's ale. Damn, not honey. Mock <laughs> <laughs> got to it first. It's just been a, a kind of a, a, a tradition of with calling her. it. Like it's more like a okay. Like you ever had one of those like gogurt squeeze thingies? Yeah. You know, or the applesauce in the little packet. She's got one of those for honey. You know, just a. She's got. A, you know, you a, squeeze a, it. It's a, like a toothpaste a tube. Of honey. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's... But that's not the alchemy jug. No, it's not. That's what I was referring to. No, yeah. I'm just calling it... She didn't carry the alchemy our, our jug. Our process is, whoever remembers the jug and says that's what it is, that's what it is. That's what it is. You it's have an to imagine, like, it's an animal leg that she's just somehow, like, made into a... Okay, and, like, and Beardrop picks like up the lid off of a, um, a barrel. Yeah, yeah there's some... Rips it off. If it, if, it, if it was actually, like, nailed down, she, she removes it from its surface. And she's, she holds it, and she's like, okay. Now hit me, or attempt to. She moves pretty quickly. As soon as you say uh, to try to hit you, uh, she swings. She's aiming for the shield. She's aiming She's aiming for the uh, for the lid. And she gives it uh, two quick strikes and steps back. I hit her with the shield. Uh, give it a roll. <laughs> I attempt to hit her with the shield. This is an improvised weapon? Oh, no. Ooh. Uh, let's see. That is... Uh, I don't actually know how to add that. Uh, it would be a... Strike. Uh, strike? In this case, it's it's more about... It's it's an opposed check. Oh, so okay. you're going... So you're, going about, you're going for speed, so it's acrobatics. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, uh, that's a... I mean, are you trying to... Six? Are you trying to injure her with a combat blow, or are you trying to move quickly? 
are you trying to are you doing like a you know what's your primary goal here injure her you're trying to injure her. <laughs> All right. then do it as an unarmed uh, do it as an unarmed it's strike it's not going to be it's not going to be much better no 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 <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Get your, uh, take, nine, take your tavern brawler strike. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Giving her the greatest nine. gift. A <laughs> Um, You come in yeah, with the know, slam, she and she had already started shifting her weight backwards, and you do catch her, but it is barely. She I'm also rolled up. a nine. And, uh, and it hits her, and she, uh, uh, and it knocks her down, but she had... She had shifted her weight at just the last moment, so uh, when it hits her and she falls down, it's more of a controlled fall. And she hits the ground with a grunt, but is pushing up immediately uh, uh, with her sword in a guard position. Okay, again. And uh, she she strikes in again, striking at the sword uh, uh, a couple times quickly. This time, this time, watching Ooh. for it. Uh, but Bearjaw moves. But Bearjaw moves in a way that a mere uh, uh, that a mere child. No, I was gonna say uh, um, someone that teaches you to fight sure. swords. A teacher? Swordmaster? Swordmaster. Mm-hmm. That a mere that uh, a mere you know townsfolk uh, uh, sword swordmaster <laughs> is uh, the militia is not gonna teach most likely not gonna teach you like this sort of move. Just Bearjaw moves in with uh, a move that she uh, that she. Learned when fighting the uh, Dwergar, you know, similar uh, you similar statue, you just stature. Like and she's taller. She's got the height advantage. It's coming in from above, and she's and just, just not expecting it. She's clearly used to practice, like, fighting in a more sort of fencing, like... She says if a practice dummy, that's her size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. and, uh, See, and it slams her problem. hard, and she hits the ground, uh, uh, and her sword clatters to the ground. To her credit... She uh, uh, she rolls with it. I mean, but she, she looks injured. She's like trying not to uh, grab her shoulder, but she's moving towards the sword, scurrying over, like looking back. She hasn't dropped her awareness of the fight, but she did. I mean, but she did get her ass handed to her with that <laughs> attack, and she's standing heavily breathing, sort of in the guard position again. Okay, let's do it again. Um, this time she takes two steps forward and goes in for a feint and then uh, goes in to kick Bearjaw's shins. Oh, nice. Bearjaw drops the shield. Ooh, shouldn't have dropped that shield. Uh, that's a... What is this? A nine. Ooh! She uh, drops the shield. <laughs> she got a 19. She gets and... kicked in the fucking Ooh. shins. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Bearjaw uh, dropped the shield and, uh, and and she came in with Ooh, a hard Bad kick. idea. Like, <laughs> You can, you know, this is someone that has got some practice, like, knowing how to put her weight into this kick. Like, she comes in with a solid kick. It stings. It throbs a bit. And uh, as she comes is in... Is it the kind of kick that would have done damage? Yeah. For, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is nice. a kick that would I do, got a bruise. do some real damage. Nice. Yeah. Like, nice. It, it, and, she's, and she's properly hitting me now. Finally. It's a proper hit. going for the freaking shield. And, the she, uh, and she rotates it into an attempted grapple. Oh, nice. Oh. No, As she uh, she sees Bearjaw drop the shield and move in a particular way, and she moves around behind, trying to Bearjaw. trying to uh, bind up her legs, actually, and trying to clearly Bearjaw can tell this is a move. She's trying to trip her, which is yeah, a good move for a short tall. opponent against yeah. a tall opponent. And and something Ricka tried many times, sometimes <laughs> successfully. Um, and at this point, Bearjaw's smiling and laughing because not because this is adorable and silly, but because she's actually really enjoying. Um, the attempt here, like yeah. this is like she's, she's the audacity. She's amused. She's amused that she got kicked, 
And, you know, it's actually like, oh, yeah, okay. Finally, she's the doing something. The kid's something. trying. The, the kid's, kid's trying. trying. She's trying. So, um, how does one resist a grapple? I've never been on this side of the... Well, it's a, it's a roll-off here, but now it will be... Uh, uh, now it's an acrobatics or athletics. Um, do I get to pick? You get to pick. Now, pick athletics. It basically... Just be... When grappling or being grappled, resisting. you sort of... Can, you have two different techniques. Are you going for raw <laughs> strength or are you going for Yeah, just raw uh, strength. Slip, when, when you're as big as I am, raw strength is the only... That's been a kind of go. standby in a lot of the D&D editions. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a 26. You get to do your best. Yeah, so she's... So I just stand there, She's really. not even close. She's more than 10 under. Mm-hmm. And... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, she goes. You're she goes for it now, bitch. I would say that it's it's got to be more than just standing there. Like she's well, she's flexing. got you some know, it's, technique. It's flexing. It's not. She's not physically moving, but it's a resistant. Like if I do this, you're not moving, but you're resisting my pressure. It's like when you're trying to I pick see. up a child that doesn't want to be picked up. Yeah, like that. I see. You're saying, <laughs> so Bearjaw just sort of like shifts her weight in such mm-hmm. a way that she knows the move that Aurora is going for, and she just doesn't and have the strength just, to carry it off. And yeah, and Bearjaw just shifts her weight in such a position that that move won't work without like being able to quickly adjust to a new thing. And Aurora doesn't know that, and doesn't she doesn't. And Aurora needs leverage, mm-hmm. but if it's just power versus power, Bearjaw's yeah. not going. Yeah, and Aurora clearly she. Doesn't doesn't have the uh, it's a good move that she's attempting but she clearly doesn't have the practice to like see that weight shift yeah. and know what to well, do and Ber- it. and Berta is like suddenly she's like no no I am much heavier than you I am larger and heavier you are not we're not approaching this with with uh, my weight in mind you must have greater inertia and use leverage uh, if you start here instead and she she kind of like walks her through the move again and oh, so she like steps back, moves forward, does the the mock kick on uh, the mock kick on Bearjaw, moving around from behind, better. and then hopefully uh, better. <laughs> and then she uh, and then she executes that you know that that leverage position that Bearjaw showed her. Yeah, Bear, so like that. Bearjaw just kind of like lets her go through that motion just to get to get the feel of it properly, and um, suddenly they're just sparring instead of her beating her down and. And she's enjoying herself quite and a bit. This goes on for a while because Muck takes a while. Uh, as long as Muck takes. He's not, he's not rushing his. Uh, yeah, his, no, 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 no. He's taking as much time as he needs. And uh, twenty, like, thirty minutes into this, uh, into this <laughs> sparring slash lesson, uh, uh, Bearjaw sees uh, Bearjaw sees Barvik standing uh, still inside his shop, but he's moved over to one of his display cases uh, uh, and he's just leaned against it and he's just casually watching to <laughs> spar. That's fine. <laughs> uh, let's go on over, let's go back to uh, Scrim Corner Baron. Walking back to the hotel and ask if they Barking. have any any suggestions on a, a district or a, a central place to go for a a travel guide? You can't say Maybe when there's a lake. So is a well, travel guide. Uh, so no, st- st- what's your what's your? Um, I'm basically uh, moving to. I, I was suggesting to move to the how to get to Deep Mascar. Yeah. Tap. How how do we get from? Because getting above Deep Mascar, we could probably do. Right. Getting down there is a different trick. Right, and that's thing is we might there might be basically we've secured overland travel for wherever we have to go, but uh, well we're secure. Well, we're securing. securing There's options maybe, but we still have no idea actually how to get exactly. down to Diva Mascar from so, any place. So Jermorn really does want to go back to the uh, the concierge and and feels like this is a big enough city that 
there's only people coming in uh, with with the desire to travel to to some far off places. So it's not looking for a travel agency like a tourist thing, but it's looking if there's any kind of central place for guides. Yeah, so, so I, it sounds like I keep hearing two different objectives. One is looking for a travel guide, and one is looking for information on Deep Amaskar, like, like how does one guide. get there? Oh, either so would I, work. So I see those, in yeah. my mind, I see them as two maybe quite different things. You hire the person has, once you know where you want him to take you. But maybe I misunderstand. To Deep Amaskar, so I, I suppose if you were looking for a guide who was an expert on Deep Amaskar. Yes, I, I, that's really what it is. I'm looking for a Deep Amaskar expert, but not a Deep Amaskar history. Or culture. We're not actually. looking for a book. We're looking for a person who. Yeah, I studied the history of deep. Are you looking for a person that can take here? you there? Like, would yeah. possibly be one to take you there? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't see these as mutually exclusive. Uh, I, I see now. Um, so, uh, providing a little bit of uh, uh, background flavor here. So you guys have been on the road a while. You've had this deep Amaskar destination for a while. So, Drewston has, you know, explained what he knows of deep Amaskar. Yeah. Legends tell of uh, it being this place of, uh, you know people that are as different from humans as the dwarves are from humans. Uh, You know, while they were were once humans, they're now called a mascari. Um, They are, they are, they're called deep mascari. They're, they're different people and and the stories say that for thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of years, this was a Deepa Mascar was a city sealed up um, uh, entirely from the outside world and there they developed they developed their uh, their wizardly, you know, the study of the arcane, and when the Great Seal was finally opened, uh, quite a long time ago now, uh, they they saw the world for the first time, and their you know arcane abilities were far greater than your average uh, your average uh, surface dwelling people. And uh, but the state of Deep Mascar now, and like it, it's it's not something that people know much about. It is still even among Drustin, who would be particularly interested in this sort of thing, it's all the way across the world, so it's going to be much less in Drustin's, you know, common studies, probably. Yeah. Um, but in what he's read is that it's a uh, it is a place shrouded in a lot of mystery. Uh, it's not a place that's got almanacs and 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 such written about it. It's certainly not available here on the, the Sword Coast, typically. Um, so there's a lot of questions to be answered about what the nature of the place is um, and such. So I'm just Sort of a reminder since it's been months of Right, but it's time. not like we're saying take us to Neverwinter or something like that. This is a place that is... Uh, yeah, the even stating that as a destination would raise significant eyebrows. Like, there, most people you would ask would be like... And it's like, it's like you're asking to is go... Is that after you go to Atlantis? It's like you're asking to go to, yeah, to Neverland. Um, that is the concern of no great. Do we have to worry about be doing this discreetly? I think we should be. Think we can if we request to be discreet with the hotel, with the uh, golden golden oak, golden oak, the golden oak. Um, <clears throat> I think they'll they'll honor that. And when we go out asking, we can uh, try to keep a low profile, as as with our clothes. Just uh, I'm glad, that's why I'm glad we're doing this with with. Our new clothes. Trying right. to keep this a little bit more quiet. I don't want to be shouting from the corner. Who can dip us to Deep Mascar? I'd rather find one or two names to go to and inquire with, and uh, slip them some coin if need be, to uh, right. to keep it a little bit quiet. Sounds good to me. Let's see if the uh, 
She was useful last time. Let's see if she's useful again. Was it he? Hard to tell with these elves. <laughs> and our skin is so smooth. None of them have whiskers. It's true. They're all like children. They're all so refined. So delicate. <clears throat> we says, children. Welcome back. How did you enjoy your visit with Balanos? It was as interesting as I think you had anticipated. I'm says, brief. Yeah. It says, oh, that sounds like Balanos. It says, you'll never meet another dryad like her. Dryad? Okay. He says, oh, you didn't know. Yes, a dryad bound to that tree. Oh, there used to be a dryad. <laughs> Baron, this thought nice. flips through Baron's head like, huh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> is a dryad a sprite? <laughs> Could she capture Uh, looking for... <laughs> Thank you for your assistance in helping us locate Balanos. You were very useful. We were wondering if we might be able to call upon you again. Uh, says, of course, we're here all day. We're looking for... Uh, looking to make our way to a place that we've not been before. Uh, Travelers. Yes, I... How much gets past you? Uh... Discreetly, we'd love to get the information if possible. Deep Mascar is our headed location. Uh, the location of interest, anyway. Have you heard of the place? Uh, Not anywhere near here. She says, I know the name, but I'm afraid I don't. Uh, he says, I wouldn't know the, uh, the, the least bit about... Uh, Do you have any idea of who might? Uh, she says, well, you could... Uh, you could start at one of one of our many fine libraries and uh, uh, and check the records, um, uh, see what they have. It says there are some libraries that allow uh, immediate access to uh, uh, to their books, but if you find that it's not uh, so easily available, you may have to seek uh, you may have to seek permission to use a private library. It says many of those here as well, but the price for those can oftentimes not be paid in gold. Are there any? Does Silvery Moon have any well-known loudmouths claiming tall tales of legends that no one believes or creatures they've they've seen that <clears throat> are seeming to not exist? Are there any such? She snake says, drugs? Such, no, such drugs? snake oil. She says, you could try the map house. Ah. Says he specializes in the Sword Coast specifically, but his interests are not exclusively towards that. Uh, says it is uh, uh, a popular destination for adventurers. Seems like a place to start. Not mm. a library. I'd rather the map house than a library. Hey, libraries. The pinnacle of the opposite of what I am comfortable with. I have the feeling we sit Drustin in there, he'd like, I don't know, try and steal the books and throw them out in the street saying, Knowledge is for everyone! Or something. Very real. His short summer job as a librarian ended. Take the knowledge! He says, the map house is, the map house has a fee per hour to peruse the records, and he says, but any anyone staying here at our lovely establishment would have no problem with that. And uh, says, but you um, <laughs> says that would probably be a good place to start. Very good. Thank you again for your assistance. 
Do you tip her? Directions? Uh, uh, she says, oh, yes, can't miss it. She says, oh, it is a soar- storing stone keep. She says, it was once owned by the High Heralds, but has now uh, been converted into this great font of knowledge. She says, uh, uh, it's a part of the Conclave. She says, just head south. Definitely don't let Dresden There's a lot of words, though, that Baron seemed, that seemed important to Baron, that he did not know the significance of them. Uh, Big building south. Very good. Together. She says, the Conclave is, uh, uh, is the university. The university? Well, it seems like a very useful subject. You see Silvery Moon. You see She us. says, oh yes, one of the great, uh, one of the great gems of Silvery Moon. Our newest one, in fact. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'll tell about Drustman. They might be interested. All right, very good. I'll go see if I can find the place then. And, uh, it's, uh, Scrim, yeah, Scrim Lee's. Awkwardly digs in his pocket for a coin and puts it on the table. She she palms it and she says, good luck at the map house. And off we go. Do do dwarves typically tip? Like, is that something they're used to or is it like... Is, this, is it a cultural it's thing? Just, or is in it such like, an expensive place, it's not clear. You're just like, should I spend more money? If, <laughs> like, by I the think, way... I think Mock was saying, yeah, you have to tip the people, because I was like, that seems like a thing they would do in Waterdeep all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Baron was like, it's like dwarven hold. People are... People do their jobs, like... Because it's you the pay them job, and enjoy that's doing why. it, and it's all this... <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, I was honest pay that. for honest work, you don't have to look like... No, tipping people, it's ridiculous. It's insulting. It is insulting. All right, I'm not doing it for its own merits. So, the map house is right along the uh, right along the river, hmm. on the north bank of the river uh, that leads through here. You can get a nice view of the moon bridge as you uh, as you approach the map house here. We saw the moon bridge open up the other night. It's quite a sight. The bridge opens. Aye, that's weird. That's a bit. Of, that's stops a, being a bridge in the middle bit, so a ship can get through. That's a feat of construction. I wouldn't mind seeing that if it happened again. Is there a bridge? Is there a boat going by at that point? Uh, there's a boat moored. Uh, <laughs> no time for sightseeing! It's got uh, <coughs> cargo being uh, uh, unloaded <laughs> onto a dock. There. He just oh. goes over and cuts the rope. <laughs> <laughs> Baron looks at it for a second. Doesn't matter he's coming. He's like, eh, alright. That's uh, once in a lifetime sight I'll have to miss. <laughs> The world is filled with many of those. Mostly. Into the map house. Into the map house. The map house would give Drewston heart palpitations. As you walk inside, it is just... Back as the Phantom and Tires, Drewston feels a tickle breeze. I feel like I should be somewhere like a thousand bits of knowledge called out and we're silenced. Immediately upon uh, walking in through the great uh, uh, through the great double doors that you open and then they close, keeping the light in here relatively, um, uh, it's just a, a pleasant reading uh, uh, reading level of light while remaining uh, relaxingly dim. And uh, immediately a, uh, a man in uh, non-assuming sort of gray robes walks uh, walks up to you and says, "Welcome to the map house." Says, "May I uh, may I be your guide during your stay here?" He says, "And what is it that you're looking for?" Scrum says, "First off, we're looking for some discretion." 
and he puts a coin in a pocket on the man's shirt. Yeah. He pulls it out from behind his ear first. On his, on his, his robes? Yes, he fights. Does the, the man have a pocket? He looks yeah. he like pushing against no, like yes, his shirt no. front, like looking <laughs> for a pocket to find yes. in his It has shirt. multiple book-sized <laughs> pockets in this room. Scrim uses his shirt, rattles out the bottom, it's not tucked. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. It's a rope. He's wearing he's wearing a <laughs> Perform a flawless three stooges routine in this moment. That was cool. Right, um, so he uh, they give him the coin and um <clears throat> And um, says uh, we're <clears throat> we're interested in finding any information, whether it be concrete paths or even rumors, of finding our way to Deep Mascar. He uh, thinks for a moment and says, "Deep Mascar says we don't get a lot of people coming in here for that one." And uh, says, "Well, the fee is one gold per hour." We were, uh... It's payment up front. Started when course. you walked in the door. And he puts in three gold. <coughs> Is it, like, per person, or...? Uh, yes. Wasn't going to be, but... And he like, puts his hand over to us. I'm not paying for you. Parent <laughs> <laughs> hands out a coin. Says, yes, um, I... Uh, he says, allow me to fetch one of the lore masters. I am a herald in training, and uh, uh, and he says, and I'm, I'm afraid that I do not uh, have the knowledge of where we might uh, where we might begin this search. He says, uh, if you would, uh, please wait right here. There is no browsing the works unattended, and I will be back with the lore master. You just, just softly the, walks. Very good. You bribed the... The door boy. What's the uh, interior of this place look like? Lots of maps and books. And it is, uh, uh, yeah, it is multi-leveled, three stories up of, uh, you know, what what you would imagine as a classic, like, huge library. It okay. is shelves and shelves and shelves <laughs> of, uh, of books. And along the middle areas and hanging down from up high is big, huge maps, like, uh, uh, posted onto, uh, backboards. They're floating, you know, floating from string, uh, in, in here, showing off. There's one, uh, a beautiful map of, uh, Neverwinter you see in mm. one area, and then there's a, one next to it that is a map of Neverwinter before the Great Cataclysm, and there's another that is uh, uh, that you see one whole wall where there is not a bookshelf is a whole map of the Sword Coast. Mm. So the vibe of this place is like a a library that you pay per to visit, essentially. Yes. Okay. Not like not a, a public library. It's not a bookstore. <laughs> and Scrim it costs one gold per hour, and you have to buy the books. And you have to buy them. <laughs> and Scrim and Domino with these uh, hidden fees. Sorry uh, to parents. There's the browsing fee and the reshelving fee. Every time I hear that Deepa Mascar is a place not asked about frequently, encourages me that we need to be as need to spread around some gold to be discreet. To ask for some discretion. I agree. It's, uh, we stand out every time. If we're heading somewhere common, then uh, yeah. wouldn't be as big as a risk. Well, and uh, hmm. yeah, he says we we might be back here with uh, with others like Dresden, who might have a faster way to get through these books. Aye. Right. Take that off. Ooh, let's see what I've got. There's your place. Ooh. 
library. That's a lot of books! With a tree! And a tree. Books placed in different It reminds me, like, the description like reminds me of, like, the Citadel in at Old Town. <laughs> it does sound like Game that from Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Scrim's glad they did a tree. So bless Pooh and Red Panels. It takes a bit. Uh, several minutes go by. As you're standing there, a couple, uh, several more of the robed people uh, walk by and uh, and regard you, give you a little nod as they move, uh, uh, taking books from shelves to other shelves, mostly rearranging books. Uh, and there are, uh, you see a couple people in the library uh, sitting at the tables that are there, sort of looking page by page. All of them have a uh, an attendant with them, and uh, like a. Looks like these heralds in training if, uh, that are dressed similarly. You see others in robes that have uh, a yellow stripe uh, going down their robe, probably uh, perhaps delineating the lore masters. Uh, hard to say. And those are the main two colors that you see here. Some with a double yellow stripe. It's more uncommon. And um, you can't pass on this. And finally, coming back out is the herald in training that. Uh, that came out in his plain gray robes, along with a, another man who is wearing a gray robe, but with two yellow stripes Ooh. and then a deep uh, uh, purple stripe on the other side of his robes. And he... A fancy purple stripe. Uh, he walks over to you, and he says, Hello, I am uh, Esclindra. He says, I'm the proprietor of the map house. He says, and I hear you're looking for something quite unusual. Uh, Scrim shakes his hand and I. And says, <clears throat> he says, I'll take it from here. And the uh, herald in training nods and walks off towards um, the shelf. And Scrim says, and first and foremost, our desire is to proceed with some discretion. So if there's any way we can contribute to the, if we can be patrons of your, of this uh, great resource. Our discretion is important to us. He says, "Oh yes, yes. There's uh, there's plenty you can pay. Uh, you can, there's plenty you can pay me uh, in order to do that." Says says I can tell from uh, I can tell from across the room that you are adventurers. Only arrived here recently in Silvery Moon, from the looks of it. Scrim. I can say yes. What did you guess? And you're going to a place like the one that you're going. It means you must also have come from an unusual place and seen unusual things. Oh. Hi. He says. Uh, he says. Tell me, have you brought any tomes of knowledge? Any uh, any books that I could copy during your travels here? Not with us. We have some books, eh? But a companion of ours. Both thirsts and gushes knowledge. He says, "I would like to meet this companion of yours, and uh, uh, and depending on the records that you have and the permission to copy them into our uh, map house here, he says that will buy you plenty of discretion." All right. He says, again. "And my time." <clears throat> um. Then, uh, <clears throat> well, we can see about that uh, when we. Come back, I suppose. He says, oh, yeah. Gonna need to have that up front. He says, he says yes, I see. Right. He says, I'll tell you some of what I, uh, I'll tell you some of what I know uh, uh, as a down payment, a show of good faith. He says, come, let us move to a more secluded area. He says, some, some indication <coughs> of what this place has to offer would be comforting. 
and falls. Uh, and he uh, takes you off to an area where there's some areas of the uh, of this map house that have like divider walls and little areas to study, creating a uh, creating a private area. And he gestures you over into one area. There's no one else using any of the tables near this uh, near this spot. And he says uh, he says he says we'll talk here and let's see. And he looks around uh, uh, at the shelves and says aha. And he grabs a not a ladder. Uh, yeah, like a stepping. Uh, no, I actually want one of those those ladders. Those ladders on wheels. Let's get those rolling ladders. Shelves. Grabs a rolling ladder, shelf ladder, and uh, climbs up. Uh, uh, you know, he's climbing up like uh, twelve feet up. Each story here. I said it was three story. Each story is probably twenty feet um, to the next one. And uh, uh, he grabs a uh, grabs a tome and uh, places it down on the table, and he says, "Deep." A mascar. That's where you're going, huh? That's the hope. He says, that's going to be a tricky place to get to. He says, ever since the Great Seal opened, and he uh, opens it up, and you're seeing that this is a, a, a stra- perhaps a strange uh, almanac. Someone's, someone's record of travels of, uh, of unusual places is he's, he's flipping through, and it's, uh, you see something that says, the bottom of the ocean of... And it says, the great airship of... And then he goes over and says, ah, oh, yes. It uh, says, the... Uh, I should have had the name of the author of this book. Oh. Uh, Oliver Trugust. Oliver Trugust. I'm on an NPC generator right now. Good, <laughs> good, good. Oliver Trugust is. That's a pretty guy. good travel name, though. Yeah. Mm. Oliver Trugust's uh, record of travels. He says been to all sorts of strange places. Made it his life's work to uh, uh, to travel to places that no one else had been to, and he claims to have visited. Deep Amaskar. And he says, and the writings in here explain of a place that is, um, that lets in not a single outsider in their midst. It says, once, uh, uh, he says, when the Great Seal opened thousands of years ago, the, uh, the Deep Amaskari people found themselves in a crisis. They weren't sure if they wanted to integrate with the outside world or seal themselves back up. It says, but, uh, he says, but over the course of many generations of, uh, of political fighting, it is the isolationists that did win out. He says, and these, uh, these isolationists chose to keep their secrets and their city, he says, closed from the outside world. He says, so as you might imagine, traveling to Deep Amaskar is, uh, is not a thing that people do. Although, if Oliver is to be believed, he walked inside their walls and spoke with their people. He says, and uh, he says, and despite them closing, uh, uh, deciding to keep themselves separate from the outside world, he says they did not close up their seal once again. He says, for uh, for the debates that took place, did convince the Deep Amaskari people that it would be. Uh, he's saying most of this like from memory, and uh, so it did convince. He's sort of flipping, uh, flipping through, pointing to random parts of the writing as if he's just summarizing what it says. Uh, did convince them that trade with the outside world would be beneficial to their people. It says, for they had discovered that while their own uh, development of their arcane uh, of their arcane technology and their study of magic was uh, was 
uh, eons ahead of the outside world, there were many things that the rest of the world had developed that they uh, that solved problems that they were still facing. It says so. They established a trade agreement with the outside world and that they still do active trade and sometimes do have exchange of people, uh, uh, do have exchange of peoples to learn about the outside world and very rarely allow the outsiders to come in and learn about their culture. He says, it goes on to explain, uh, it says, it goes on to explain how that trade arrangement works and, uh, uh, and how people get in and out. It says, uh, uh it says, they have a, uh, they have a trade arrangement with, and he skips forward, he says, the capital of High Amaskar, Skyclave. He says, all goods and services, or all goods, uh, flow through Skyclave, and anyone seeking to do uh, trade with Deep Amaskar does it through uh, <coughs> the, the brokers in uh, in High Amaskar that speak for the Deep Amaskari people. It says this trade alliance that they have formed for the past uh, for the past uh, several hundred years is extraordinarily strong. So a fella looking to go to Deep Amaskar might do well to head first to Skyclave. Uh, uh, he nods his head and he says, and if you come back with those tomes, he says, uh, he says, I can show you another book or two that might draw, uh, uh, that might help you out even further. He says, feel free to browse on your own. He says, what this will be buying you is what's in here. He taps his own head. The temple libraries, they studied. Uh, he doesn't close up the film, actually. He leaves it for you. You've paid for your own. Please. You get access to the list. Oh, sorry, you said the temple library. Uh, temple, I was more like talking to Scrimcorn. Like, the temple libraries I perused in my time were not nearly this large. <laughs> and I'm completely an oral history kind of guy, so. <laughs> it's just the, the use of paper in particular here offends me. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> seems worthwhile to me and I have information I think it's worth right. investing some time in we'll have to go talk to our associate we'll and uh, see if we can tell Justin about this he's already exhausted after a long day so he doesn't have too much energy it could, could do some internal damage wouldn't want him to blow a blood vessel out of excitement <laughs> get him sedated first <laughs> get a few ales in him it's like giving someone really bad news I really good news. I agree. You know it's true. Today we've sit learned down. that Scrimcorn and Baron just make fun of Justin behind his back. Tristan, sit down. We have to. It's how they bought it. Impractical. We found a map house. Tristan, it's an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even here. They bond over theology and Tristan's weird things. <laughs> Tristan sneezes wherever he is. Yeah. My ears are what language is this book written in by Smooth Smooth Trusty Gust? Whatever it is. Oliver. Trusty Gust. That's only what his friends call it. That's in a different section of the library. The Adventures of Smooth Trusty Gust. You take a look at it, and this book written by Oliver Smooth and Trusty True Gust is. They're written in common. Okay. You went to deep and ass card. Deep and ass card. He just writes uh, parodies of atlases. 
Baron skims through it. Um, parody for the hour that they're there, he kind of looks around the other. Like, there's a lot of books here, but probably have to go ask someone. Scrim looks uninterested. We can stay, but this is an amazing library. (coughs) Maybe a a once in a lifetime library. Aye, but it looks like a lot of time to digest. Uh, How to bring back dead wives? Is there a section on that? It's just right next to the new ass yeah. Smooth, trusty guest. And bringing Uh, back dead bitches. Well, Baron knows how to do that. (laughs) Deep master. Dead wives. He's just looking for the resources. Alphabetical. Cheaper and diamonds. Well, you don't know who else might have done it, though. So, Baron and Scrimcorn, you peruse the the book? You're welcome to peruse. Scrim doesn't have interest, but he's. Not in any hurry. I mean, he knows it. Yeah. What are you What are you doing in your hour here? Uh. Hmm. I don't think he stays the whole hour. He gets. He gets. He starts reading through the book. Sees a lot of slight details leading into what the guy says. Like, okay, seems legit. I'm yeah, going to take the abridged uh, version. It talks of a <coughs> of a very uh, isolationist and xenophobic people. Um. Oh. It uh, uh, it speaks of uh, it, it goes into great detail. Uh, you're skimming through of uh, the treatment of himself uh, while in Deep Amaskar was an odd uh, uh, is an odd duality that he experienced. Uh, that there was this 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 people where he was he was always given these big smiles. But he is he says as an accomplished traveler, I can spot a fake smile uh, you know from a mile away. It was like people were putting on a show wherever he went. And when he would look past, uh, when he would look past the uh, to the people that weren't right in front of him, he would see distrust and these looks glancing his direction, never holding eye contact of people that, uh, uh, that he didn't seem like people wanted him there in deep. Like Mascar. if he wandered around a corner and no one saw him. Yeah. So the, it, there's there's you know pages of that, and, and then it goes on a little bit about the history, and uh, and also talks about how you know he wasn't able to learn a lot about. Uh, Deepamaskar itself, you know, what he was, what he was shown, what he was permitted to access was, uh, was this just sort of like account of the place that he didn't feel was a, was a whole picture and not a, not a true look. He didn't get to talk to the people, which is what he would do in his travels normally, he explains. How long ago did the seal open? About after 30 minutes, maybe you're, it's very dry reading. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think worth it to... Re- reconnoiter with the group and uh, get those books copied before we spend too much time here. How long ago was the seal uh, open to? I think they were saying the... thousands. Was it thousands? Uh, the great seal was opened. The dates. Uh, what, what the what the fella say? He said hundreds of years. He said hundreds of years ago. Okay. He said he said several hundred uh, several hundred years ago. Um, but the. Uh, but that, that's all he said. I'm just trying to understand it in relation to the events of Kudrakar, is why I'm asking. Is what he talked about. Long, long, sequel. long before. Yeah. So it's not like Deep Mascar was new. No, no, no. He said thousands of years, and then he said several hundred years in, in like different breaths. Yeah. Well, both feels the same thing. Mm-hmm. Several hundred can add up to thousands. So. Yeah. Uh, this is actually something that you've you've seen a lot when talking with uh, humans uh, and other short-lived races is that 
there were the world has experienced many uh, many cataclysms, many uh, you know things that have completely reshaped the world. Uh, you know, ancient history speaks of these sorts of things, uh, especially the you know conflict of the gods and such, and especially for the short-lived races. But even dwarves, when you go back long enough. Uh, there's this there's this sort of lack of precision in talking about uh, the number of years that have passed. Uh, even races that like to keep records, Master of the Map House, he's clearly got a, a phenomenal memory to be able to just pull out a book on an obscure topic and, and explain all this. Yet he's still giving these dates in broad, sweeping terms. You know, between several hundred years or maybe a couple thousand years. It's not not clear, but you've seen this pattern very frequently, and it's 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 like once you go back far enough. The, the the date keeping gets fuzzy. Mm -hmm. hmm. uh, Baron's done here for today. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Scrum's starting to set back. Drewston. Drewston's found his person. Aww. Who's, uh, Houston's Drewston, Drewston, who, Houston is Drewston's person. New person. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Houston. Is it Houston? Smooth and trusty. <laughs> Smooth and trusty, dusty. Hmm. Uh. Hmm. Wait, did you just find his person or not? Yeah, I'm randomly generated. <coughs> oh, nay. Nope, not that back. one. What's that? Don't want to really come back. No. Okay. Uh. Let's see. Uh, ah, this works. Uh, <laughs> Gary. <laughs> Gary, Gary Oldman, you Gary O'Fern, Gary O'Fern, Gary is a twenty-year-old male stout halfling scribe. He has cropped straight auburn hair shaved on the right side and cyan eyes. Oh, ho, ho, Justin, uh, has found his person. Uh, <laughs> he's nimble, and he wears an eye patch on his right eye. That sounds like a hipster. Yeah, he does sound like a hipster. it sounds like something happened to the right side of his face. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> no hair and an eye patch. Uh, yes. He is competitive. He is a perfectionist. He believes in soulmates. <laughs> this was part of the interview. Do you believe in <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. Tell so, me your you're saying what Drewston knows about him. Yeah, he looked into his soul. He did look into his soul. Uh, at some point, they were talking like Drewston's mind went back to <laughs> Sir Mandor and was like, Do you believe in soulmates? <laughs> Drewston is a romantic. Yeah. Uh, All right. Oh, and by the way, your clothes were made boring, Drewston's were made foppish. <laughs> purple vest, green cape. Oh, purple green combo. Big nice. like billowing white sleeves. It looks looking good. This is the second uh, Google image search result for foppish clothing. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's oh, yeah. in wow. striking range. Yeah. <laughs> Some nice. Uh, okay. To the <laughs> I mean, that is pretty. Uh, so he says, uh, Gary. Offer, I think you're the one. Oh, for, for the reliquary, for the job. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll set you up for the first few weeks, but then after that, you'll have to figure out how much to charge for admissions in order to keep the place afloat. It'll, uh, you'll have to send uh, three gold per week to the uh, to the uh, guild hall of the merchants. 
He says, of course. <laughs> uh, he says, cool. Let's go. And he's got Doom of the Donkey with him. And uh, the new Wait. Duma. Oh, the new Duma. Yeah, he bought another Duma. donkey. That's right. They're all going to be named Duma. Duma two. Doesn't want to have to record a new line for each one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and they go to that lot they got, and he uh, goes about setting up the tent and little tables and such. And, uh, and Gary is a hard worker. He's immediately, and he gets it. Like, Tushin's, like, setting it up, and Gary's, like, setting up different parts of it, and, like, he's the right choice. He's, uh... The, the jar of, uh, the, the Chamblee Mound part, that's, uh, Tushin's future. Tell me, are you planning on sending back more, uh, uh, sending back more stuff while you're going on your travels so I can uh, rotate the exhibits? Oh, it depends. Uh, on a, uh, I find, on if I survive, there's a point where something falls off the table and they both reach for it at the same. Time. He says, "Yeah, so about that, we should uh, arrange some sort of arrangement for if I don't hear from you a certain amount of time that I perhaps take ownership of the uh, of the shop and its items." Uh, says, or would you have a uh, uh, a contact that they should go to? He says, uh, if, I'll, if I uh, check in on you once a month, and if you didn't hear from me, the shop is yours. He I'll says, pass okay. from this mortal realm. He says, I hope it never happens. Me too, Gary. Oilman's rolled his eyes Not several again. times during this whole entire. <laughs> what? What? How does it strike Oilman these whole, all these proceedings, which have been pretty unique in there? I think it's like there's like process. Uh, well, maybe I don't know how overt the flirting <laughs> is a little bit, but yeah, he can. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, it doesn't bother him the actual proceedings, but he, he, know, he knows there's a little some, there's a little uh, something in the air right now. He says, and tell me, I, I got to know. Did you bring, uh, did you bring your friend here uh, to, as a sort of intimidation for people, uh, uh, for people who wouldn't want to take the job? He's got kind of a mysterious air about him, doesn't he? He <laughs> does. He says, but I tell you, I'm not scared, scared away by strong men. Oil being slowly transitions from arms crossed to arms akimbo. Yeah, he sets up the shop. And he says, uh, let's open tomorrow. And he says, I was thinking the same thing. Justin said he wanted someone to current vibe, and he found a man with an eye patch. <laughs> 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 I'm throw that out there. You know this guy? This guy was like, I'm the man for the job. He's like, I believe yeah, you are. Like, he says, how we're talking. I think I'll spend tonight writing up some flyers for the grand opening. Oh, great. Nice. And oh, also, in the morning, just send this donkey around. And he puts up the coin. I am Duma the Donkey. He says, oh, it's a walking, talking pamphlet. This is way better. <laughs> uh, he says, and he looks at the pouch. And he says, could probably put some uh, little pieces of parchment here. People could take a little information to uh, remember where they need to go. He says, yes, yes. And he like looks around and he pats the donkey. And he says, ah, good job, Duma. Oh, grand idea. You're perfect for this. Uh, he says, I'll do you proud. <laughs> 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 he says, oh, Gary, uh, I've got to go off with uh, oil vein here. Uh, I'll, I'll come tomorrow with the uh, with the goods that will uh, or with the, uh, the the displays for the reliquary. I'll meet you here. Oh, here. No, no, you oh, just oh, set up gotcha. all the stuff and then he'll put it there in the morning. 
Uh, I'll meet you back here in the morning. He says, I'll be here before sunrise. I'll look forward to it. <laughs> <coughs> he says, much work to do, much work to do. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're working. And he like takes a step back from one of the displays. He looks at he holds his hands up and then he goes back forward and he like yeah. adjusts the little stand like perfect. Moving things around. He has no death Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something that he goes, I have no idea. <laughs> 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 has to like look around it for a lot of angles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Barely even. He says, "Oh, I'll take another look at that scroll of yours." Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that'll be great. Um, but you know, if you if you <laughs> you Gary, I don't want to interrupt time. anything here. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, um, what? I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, you know. What are you saying? No, oh, do you think he thinks that? No, no. Uh, Wait, like, but, but do you? Oil vein, please. I mean, you've been. Stop it, teasing me. It seems like you've been holding on to the past for a long time, Justin. I mean. What are you talking about? Salamander. I, maybe I am. I mean. I mean, you talk about him more than you let on, I think. You know, it's. It's just, you know. Yeah. As much as I, you know. Kind of uh, rolled my eyes of uh, some of this, you know. I saw what was going on there. I also thought it was kind of nice. <coughs> uh, you know, uh, maybe you do need to move on a little bit. So, Servando is a true companion, a good friend. I'll miss him. Mm. We're not we'll nearly tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would understand. Uh, it says, now, onto the scroll. Oh, well, it happens yeah. to contain some kind of a transportation spell. So we didn't even need Grumbar to get here. I mean, it's worth looking into. I mean, you've only looked at it once. I and mean, then what did it say again? Ah, it said, you're going to have to try harder and harder than that. <laughs> uh, perhaps you could find some kind of um, Arcanist's Guild or some such. Well, it's worth taking a look at again, I think. He's been walking around a bit. He'll just go back to that friendly guy who sold the, uh... The, what was the, the... The thing used to find direction. Little things in the Aiming at the stars. Sextant? Yes. He goes the sextant seller. Sextant seller. <laughs> the, the sextant worker? Yes. And he says... Uh, oh, you from... <laughs> It was, uh, <laughs> you told before. Uh, was wondering if you know of any, uh, sort of arcane guilds, those who specialize in, uh, uh sigils and, uh, decoding the arcane arts. Who are you asking? The sextant worker. The sextant worker. The sextant worker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that was not intentional. It is. Oh, sextant worker. <laughs> yep, he's a sextant seller. That's what we All right, then sells. Yeah, I uh, might uh, be looking for the Vault of Sages. Oh, the Vault the of Sages. He says, if you got the coin for it. Well, just bought a plot of land. <laughs> reliquary. I've got coin. How much coin are we thinking? He says, oh, he says, yeah, I don't know. It's not the kind of place I can afford to go. It says, I saw a sextant, and we're miles from the sea. 
I'm more of a novelty item. This is kind of dewy. I worked in worked in administration for a long time. This was always a dream of mine. God. Uh, really yeah, Oily kind of like looks at Drustin and just points to himself and indicates like just uh, purely unverbally that he can cover the. Gives him a thumbs up. Yeah. And Don't worry, I'm the quartermaster. I'll confuse things. No one will notice. <laughs> the numbers will be fine at the end of the week. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, so what did he say the place was called? The Hall of Sages? Yes, the Vault of the Sages. <clears throat> Vault of the Sages! So you ask for directions and they head over yonder. The Vault of the Sages is uh, uh, is another part of the Conclave of Silvery Moon as uh, Drustin has you know, been walking around the town sort of taking in the different things. He's, uh, he's come to learn about the Conclave. It's something that, uh, you know, even hear a passerby mentioning something from afar, like Drusen's ears go, I gotta learn more about that. That sounds like a place I would like. And uh, the Conclave is a, it's a university uh, that is basically spread throughout Silvery Moon, uh, uh, decentralized uh, locations, the map house being one of its prominent locations. And the Vault of the Sages is, uh, is a massive horseshoe uh, uh, shaped building, five floors. Hi. They go up to the front gates. Let me figure out where it's located in the city here. It's, uh... mm, 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 Hang on. This is a big city. It's got a lot of numbers on the map that I've got here. That's just where they keep sages. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's on the... um, No, just different kinds of sage, like the plant. Yes. It's on on the south bank, so it's uh, uh, it's a quick stroll across the big moon bridge. Uh, Probably your first time walking across it. Uh, This doesn't open? And, uh, you know, the moon bridge is, like, about 250 feet long, so it's a, that's a, oh, wow. that's a hike. Yeah, it's a big river. Yeah. It's a big river. Like, big ships can come through here. Uh, 250 feet across, right? Uh, across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with, and with wide. And wide. It's a giant, <laughs> just... Square. Did I say river? I meant lake. Yeah, it, it is a, a, it is a square river that does flow strongly from one direction to the next, but in a very strange and Where short... Where does it go? There's a dwarven pipe that takes the water from one side to the other. Absolutely. It's a decorative lake. A decorative river. river, but this part's open. It's, it's, it's just like a wave pool for swimmers who are trying to build up their resistance, but don't have a lot of real estate to do it with. All right, so you cross over the moon bridge to the uh, to the south bank, and it's down uh, uh, a couple of streets from the uh, the ridge. Not quite on the water, but um, it's, it's it's down there. And so the Vault of Sages uh, uh, is a uh, I mean it's a big towering building like so many others are in here, but this one is. A much larger building than others, you know, width-wise. It's a very big horseshoe-shaped building. As you uh, as you walk in through the, sorry, as the the, the let me get my brain on straight. Uh, yeah, as you walk in uh, through the fore hall, the main uh, the main entry to the place, uh, you can see a line of guards standing in full armor, just like guarding uh, uh, two doorways that uh, enter the next area. And uh, someone uh, 
steps forward and says, Welcome to the Vault of Sages. Oh, he thank says, you kindly. What's your business here? Oh, we seek uh, answers to a, 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 a riddling problem we have. A sort of... A sort of... Uh, a sigil that contains meanings we we cannot comprehend. He says, uh, you're looking for translation services? I? Sure. Uh, he pulls out the scroll and shows it to him. So this comes from a powerful spellcaster. My own magics can only unlock part of it. I'm looking for those who can give me full understanding. The part that insults me. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to look at the idiot. Damn it. Technically, it's part of it. Well, our sages are seen by appointment only, so you can make an appointment and come back uh, uh, at the next available time. It says, um, it says, you're not really looking for uh, general consulting here. It says, uh, you're looking for... Is, and she takes a look and says, is this just written in another language? Are you looking for a simple uh, comprehension here? It's not another language. I tried some comprehend languages spells, but that only unlocked part of it. She says, mm, all right. I recommend that you start with a generalist, uh, <coughs> one of our sages, who can uh, take a look and see what uh, see what they can see. Uh, their fees are a standard rate of 50 gold per hour. Do you have discount? Can I become a member? And get says, I'm afraid not. There are many fine libraries in the city if you'd like to do the research yourself. Boy, says, gold per hour. She says, also, I invite you to, uh, she says, down that hall is the, uh, is the public section of the uh, Vault of Sages, where you can find the books that are public. She says, uh, that being said, the vast majority of our uh, five floors up and five basement floors of, uh, of tomes and secrets is, uh, is by fee only. Still to the free part. After all, knowledge belongs to everybody. Yeah, let's stop there. Yeah, I'll, like, yeah. sneer in the <laughs> Uh, it says, uh, thank you for your advice. We'll see if we come back and see for your, uh, expensive fees later. They, Absolutely. They go to the free library. The free library, uh, Tristan, you know, starts poking around the books, and, uh, uh, you see that there's, like, a big section where, uh, town news, Silvery Moon news is, uh, uh, is posted. Uh, and there are, um, he's seeing... A lot of books that he recognizes, and he can see that copies have been made of several of these. Some of these are the old standbys he's seen everywhere, like Delblood's Atlas of Faerun, Revondro's uh, Roll of the Passing Years, and, and several others that are like, yeah, these would be standard fare everywhere. And he's looking around, he's realizing that that's what this whole library, like this public yeah. section, this is this is like all the basic stuff that Drewston would expect in any... Uh, you know, moderate-sized town, like, proper library. They, they pay to ship in this sort of standard set of... Uh, it's, it's the Encyclopedia Britannica of Faerun. Yeah, it is. It's like all the topics that pretty much everyone is allowed to know about. Agriculture. Horticulture. Husbandry. Uh, culture, culture. Bitten here. <coughs> this area is called the Open Book Gallery. Justin's <laughs> like, I see a challenge. Justin's yeah. got a lot of time in libraries. Yeah, well, his father is the official bookkeeper of Gauntagrim, so yes, he was training to be the official librarian of Gauntagrim for a long time. 
But knowledge belongs to everyone. Yeah. yeah. You also do accounting? A library, a library can promote that. Uh, no, he was bookkeeper in the way that Kevin Brayson thought bookkeeper meant back when he was a young man applying for jobs for the first time. Okay. He literally keeps books. He literally keeps books. Hmm. Yeah. I'll hang on to histories and it's stuff It's my job. Like <laughs> Libraries need them. <laughs> uh, Oil Vane has not spent much time in libraries, so he's like... Yeah, he's going to just see if he can find anything here. He can't find the prices on any of his um, books. Yeah, you know, Drishton knows that every uh, every even meager library holds a gem or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just takes the right eye to look. Uh, he's visited in his, in his travels around the Sword Coast here the past many years. Many dozens? How long ago 15. was he exiled? He was exiled 15 years ago? Um, in his 15 years of travel, he's uh, he's been in many libraries where he's found that one gem in the library, and it's usually that the uh, the lore like masters the they don't realize that what they've got here is like, hey, this is actually a pretty. He probably told each of them, <laughs> you should keep this more. Yeah. What are you doing? You should charge money for this. Um. Holds uh, everybody. And sure enough, he finds a couple, um, uh, a couple almanacs of local history around uh, different areas here. One is uh, a book on orc tribes that's 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 very unusual. It's a uh, it's written by an author that uh, Drewston recognizes, someone that uh, uh, studies a lot of time spending the so-called monstrous races of the uh, of the world and trying to understand their cultures. This is all about a. And uh, he's sort of Jane Goodall character. He's read, he's read a, probably, he's, he probably skimmed Boy, through a couple of these guys' uh, books before. Jerusalem's particularly interested in archaeology. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, uh, wait, archaeology, that's the right word? Yeah, he's archaeologist. Yeah, archaeology. Uh, uh, and uh, so he's, he's studied the works of this guy before, and here's a book he's not seen of his. It's all about uh, the orc tribes. Uh, so once he looks around, I mean, nothing that really unlocks any secrets of this. He'll go up to the librarian. And he'll say, uh, uh, I've got a little, uh, problem here that your free library is not solving. And to be honest, I can't imagine even your scribes could solve. <coughs> he takes out the scroll from Deeper Massacre. He says, it's quite the riddle. I'll try comprehending languages on it, but could I hardly unlock any of it. So that's what, what do you think? Trying to kind of catch the guy, the librarian's curiosity. The librarian uh, uh, lays it out, and uh, she says, "She says this is interesting," and uh, uh, looks through it and says, "It's not in any of the standard languages." And uh, that's what I thought. And she says, "It's just this one piece, huh?" Just the one. It's got layers to it, though. Like an onion, she says. <laughs> it's almost as if when I focus on the when I focus on the, the the individual sigils here, they change before my very eyes. I look back, and it's not what it once was. Hi, it is tricky. He says. He says you've got an enchantment on this thing. She says, are you sure it's even the language at all? Oh, that's a good point. She says this is not exactly my field of expertise. She says one of the sages uh, 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 might. Might know something about this, but this is strange. He looks, leans in conspiratorially and says, Already? If I'll give it to a sage, he'll just charge me 50 gold after 50 gold telling me nothing. And then eventually just taking whatever the knowledge they found for themselves. 
You know how some of these sages are. She leans back and says, Oh, no, sir, you must be new here to the Vault of Sages. We have very she says, good hearing. She says, <laughs> she says, Everyone in this library can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> she says, uh, She says, she says that the sages here are the most well-respected in all of Silvery Moon, and of course, Silvery Moon all, uh, has the best sages that are respected of all the whole world. Well, I, I didn't want to go through uh, the general generalist just to go to someone less general, just to go to someone less general. You've got to know someone I should seek out. Maybe someone who is uh, rarely seeked out by us. She says, hmm, uh, do you know anything more about this this page that might point me in the right direction? Uh, oil being not wanting to give away too much, that is permission. She says, where did you find it? Do you have any idea what sort of people wrote it? It comes from, uh, and well, we thinks about it for a minute. <laughs> hmm. Let me try yeah. to remember what it was called. Would you believe me if I told you it came from Deeper Massacre? Deeper Massacre, Deeper Massacre, Deeper Massacre. Did someone say Deeper Massacre? Hey, did you say Deeper Massacre? Stop saying Deeper Massacre, this is a library. I was trying to whisper. <laughs> it just echoes Is that Justin Green up there? And uh, she looks at it and says, Deeper Massacre. Deeper Massacre, Deeper Massacre. She says, I've done some reading about Deepa Mascar. The people there, the, uh, uh, their wielding of the arcane arts is, they say, unlike, uh, unlike any other people in the entire world. It says, it says, I could explain the strange, unusual enchantment here. It says, it says, you know, I do have uh, uh, a colleague here. A uh, uh, says one of our specific sages. He says sort of specializes in uh, unusual cultures and their and their arcane sigils. Might be the better person to talk to than uh, than one of our generalists. Hmm. What appreciatory film. She says. She says, I would be happy to do that. She says, I think you might be uh, particularly interested in taking a look at this now that you uh, now that you mention it. And she's like continuing to look at it. Like her eyes are just locked on the parchment. <coughs> and she says, yes, uh, let me go see if he's available. Appreciate it. And he rolls it back up. <laughs> and she uh, walks over into the uh, uh, into that front area and walks past the line of guards and uh, disappears. Oh, baby, on your guard. Which guard? <laughs> ready, it's just fireball. Just has it. Sitting she comes back. Uh, deep she comes back in the library. Twenty minutes later, everyone <laughs> in the library is dead. And she says, "I'm sorry for the delay." Says he's dead. Says, he is quite interested in seeing what you've got here, but the first time he could see you is in two days' time. Two days' time. He says, "Come here at sunup." I think that will be okay. Yeah, that sounds good to me. We'll still be here, right? She says the standard fee will still apply, but he's agreed to uh, agreed that, uh, to take the standard fare uh, of fifty gold per hour, which is uh, quite generous. Normally, uh, normally our specialists fetch quite a lot higher sum. He must be very interested in this. Well, appreciate it. You're a true friend to those seeking knowledge. Yeah, thank you very much. She beams at this and says, <laughs> "Thank you." Uh, and he tips his foppish hat. And head up the door. Good day, sir. Oh. <laughs> Good day. No. He makes a weird noise. Jaspers, <laughs> amber, jets, quartzes, tourmalines, 
Aquamarines. Chalcedonies. Agates. No verdant salamanders. <laughs> no. Fuck that shit. Well, maybe a couple. I mean, just a little bit of a <laughs> But, no. Hey, there's a market for cubic zirconia. But yeah, but the, 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 it was the deceptive nature of the stone. He he wouldn't be able to convince a person that he wasn't selling him an, an, an emerald. And that just wouldn't sit well with him. And he would be really concerned that he would say, hey, I'm giving you this at this price because it's not what it looks like. And they'd be like, yeah, 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 I'll buy them all. And then I'll go illegally sell them. Like... <laughs> Right. He he doesn't. He would not promote the use of the stone in the marketplace at all for its uh, its uh, treacherous possibilities. Um, but he stocks up on that jeweler's wire, uh, maybe a you know a, a tool or two, and uh, I mean I think uh, I, again he has here. I, I would imagine he finds himself in a situation where. If we're talking about one item, like I want this particular thing, they begin to haggle, you know, yeah. negotiate. Well, but he, I think, is more procured the rights to selection. In other words, I'm, we're, I'm paying the price for stone, but I get to see your whole selection and choose the stones that I like. So right. I can choose quality. Um, uh, and and so it's it's less of a haggling situation and more of just kind of like. Uh, an invitation to to really peruse and choose as he as he wishes. Yeah, and. Uh... Absolutely. And Barvik. Uh Yeah, Barvik, uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't press the matter. This guy's been this guy's been matter of fact down to earth uh, uh, the entire time. When Mock comes out of the back room with his sort of like his collection his selection his, his selection of them, he sees Barvik uh, uh, Barvik has pulled up a stool over towards one of his display cases and is looking out the door as Mach yeah. can see uh, Bearjaw with a just covered in sweat head to toe uh, uh, Aurora the uh, the young dwarf like continuing to uh, continuing to spar she's got she's got uh, she's got cuts with like some blood streaming down on a couple points uh, a couple points on her body and she's breathing heavily and Bearjaw says again and <laughs> Mock says, kind of grunts, and he goes, hmm, didn't really expect that. You've really, uh, you got one on your hands here, Barnick. But, uh, ah. He looks back and says, got your selection done. He says, oh, hi. Uh, says, uh, feel free to in- inspect the wares so you know what I'm taking from your inventory, but, uh, we... I- I- he glances over his shoulder... And he looks back and he says, looks good to me. He nods and he says, uh, very well, then that brings us to the special request. He says... And he turns around like he had completely forgotten, because Greg forgot. That's gay. Turns around in his little stool. All it right. The, it was the, the surprise that he hates. It he was says, oh uh, yes, the surprise. I hate uh, He says, oh, also we need to do the diamonds, but whatever, we'll do that separately. He says, I have a, a jewel of... Some sentimental value, um, and uh, may bear some unique properties. And I would not feel satisfied that I had learnt all that I could without the use of some extra fine instruments. I'm asking for use of your personal best lenses and and uh, I could say investigatory, exploratory tools. But I might delve all of the secrets to be found in this particular stone I brought. 
He takes a deep breath in, takes a mighty drag on the cigar. Way more than a man should drag from a cigar. And blows it out. He says, No, that's a big ask. He says, I, and I'd prefer to do it myself, but if that is simply out of the question, which I know it may, I would be very much in your debt if you were to do the exploration yourself. He saw your clan crafted thing before, right? Yeah. yeah. And he says, he says, I'll let you use my kit. He says, but you tell me why you're really out of the game. He halts and he says, he says, very well. Uh, you know well as I do that a clan crafter's success hinges not simply on his skill, his eye for jewels, his his talent for making those things beautiful, but also his ability to gain reward and create a successful a successful enterprise, employ those other dwarves and. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, raise, gain wealth through, through our work. And that those are equally important. Uh, a man who, a man who sits in a, in his cave and makes, uh, makes, uh, beautiful crafts and hides them in a hole is, uh, a mere artist with no purpose and no, contributes nothing to his kin or his clan. A crime craftsman brings his art forward and makes wealth and, and betters the lives of those around them, and, well, it's uh, the, the masters, uh, as they teach their young apprentices, always talk about keeping these two aspects of crafting in balance. Uh, not to be the charlatan with poor skills and uh, talent for sales, nor to be the, the, uh, the guarded and, uh, and, uh, and jealous craftsman who, ha- who knows of his art but refuses to share it with the world or... or, or or create a business, and they, they, they caution when those things come out of balance, and for myself, they did. Mm-hmm. It was, says that I was hungry, always hungry for, for greater, greater levels of, of artistry, and the means the means and resources, the ingredients to to make the creations that I that I saw in my in my dreams, and the and the patrons, rich enough, wealthy enough, to uh, to purchase, um, but there there were shortcuts. There, uh, he says, there, one cannot simply work at the highest echelons of our craft without first making that name and earning the resources required to, to, to be the best and to produce the best work. And as I think about it, I, something doesn't sit right with me but how I fell, fell, found or how I fell into that fallow path, but there I was. Black market goods. And I betrayed, I betrayed the, I betrayed myself and the and the honorable, the honorable strength that I brought to bear to this, to this good, good, good work, and to what I truly loved about my art, and 
through that and the treachery of of some I was my life was destroyed he chuckles mm-hmm. <laughs> he says it's a gift you've given me today he says people in my station outside of the clans craftsmen uh, uh, cast he says he says sometimes we get fed up with the uh, uh, with the the, the pompous uh, uh, attitude that the clans craftsmen can display, the infallible and perfect clans, clans craftsmen and how important they are. I make no comment. Uh, he, says, he says, I make no objection to them being important to our people and our kins. He says, he says, but flawless they are not. He says, susceptible to the same temptations of all of us. Indeed. And... He says, you can use my kit. Go study your gem. As, as, uh, well met, Barvik. And, uh... And he, uh, he, he, he gets says, up to guide you out. He says, he says, and with, with your help, perhaps I will... I will, I will restore some faith in, in, in the clan crafters in, one day in the future, rather than, rather than exemplify the shame that, uh, some, some of us bear. Alright. Baron. Scrimcorn. Jerusalem and oil bank. Yo. All back around the same time. Excellent. From, from from both going to a different library. Uh, most recently. Excellent, Drustin. I. Uh, we have news. Oh. First of all, we met Balnos. Figure out who Balnos was. Oh. Airship engineer. Airship. That's why she... she's a friend of Grumbar. Oh. Dryad, actually, red and oh. leafy. Uh, on your goes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're to return at some point. Baron's like, oh, guys, never reacted to anything I've ever said. <laughs> that was weird. What well, part of that sentence did that? Onga <laughs> would want to meet her. Aye, and she wants to meet all of us. All of us. So it, oh. so- it sounds like, at first initial glance, that Grumbar's intention is he needs a new airship and we're gonna foot the bill as well as go and collect a sprite which is needed for its construction and then we can fly happily across the skies to wherever the hell we're going. Also, apparently the air balloon we traveled in before was, quote, a death trap. By her assessment. So, although evidence supports that traveling on foot was a bit of a death trap. Which does leave me some hat for some it's hesitation for this next way journey down. we're on. <laughs> so we're going to get another giant basket to travel in? Is that what we're And presumably Possibly. a balloon structure to carry it? I don't know. Powered by a sprite. Sprite? Potentially. I, a, like a very angry, feisty... Feisty sprite as well. Air spirit? Something about go to a lake when there's storms and find a sprite and get it and bring it back. A lake? That sounds dangerous. Alright, it does. I don't like much of the sound of any of it, but that's apparently that plan. Uh, and she wants to see it all so she can see who's riding in it, so she has an idea of how to build it, I would assume. <laughs> anyway, that's point one. Point two, we found a place called the House of Maps. Charge gold per hour. You'd probably wet your pants if you get to it. Uh, oh, that does sound nice. 
big building full of books, very knowledgeable people inside, gold per hour, and uh, seem to know some things about Deep Mascar, and uh, they're willing to uh, be, what was the word, discreet, discreet, mm. uh, in exchange for uh, some books, not to keep, just a copy. Oh, I have no problem with that. Do you have some books? Oh, I've got uh, two journals of Arundels, and uh, that history of Karundakar. That seems like they might take a lot of fancy. They gave us a good start on how to get to Deep Mascar related to Skyclave and High Mascar, but sounds as if they have a bit more that will be helpful. Aye. What have you found? You set up your stall successfully? Aye. I uh, got a very, uh, pretty kind young man to... Justin made a new friend. Mind it. Oh, uh, uh, no teasing, oil vein. I'm just stating the fact. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, and, and then uh, we all we went to the uh, the vault of scribes, sages, a vault of sages. sages. All right, we went to the scribes. We went to the sages. <laughs> uh, talked to a librarian and made an appointment with a, an expert of uh, of sigils and such to help us decode uh, the the rune from Deep Amaskar. Oh, aye, that'd be useful too. Yeah, but the appointment will be for another two days. So. Two days. Well, it sounds like we're gonna. We're not on. Uh, we're gonna be here for a bit. We've <coughs> also got these gardening records from the Sunless Citadel. It's an older book. I mean, it's a book. Why not? Yeah. Well, I guess you could see how to grow some twig blades. Sure. I mean, it's. <laughs> or anything else more useful and less vicious. Hi. Right. All right. Well. uh... What are, the books? what are the books to like that they need to copy? Yeah, what are those books? Where are they? Yeah, we can <laughs> go get them copied. I'm guessing our room. Well, let's go fetch them. Oh, there there you are. There's in still your room. daylight. Oh, yeah. in You're in your uh, room. You guys went back up to the door. Oh, 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 oh. I think the stack of books has fallen against the door. <laughs> Shoves it open. Starts digging around and comes out with uh, the two journals from Arundel, the history of Kundrakar, and the uh, gardening book, gardening records from the Sunless Citadel. Fantastic. Gardening for evil. <laughs> okay. Uh, oil man gardening for Snoot. The Snoot was just sleeping in the corn, so he just kind of left him. He didn't take him with him on the trip, so. He, oil then goes over to just take a glance and check on Snoot. He wags his tail and uh, licks your shin. Does he look like he wants to go out or anything like that? Or? <coughs> uh, you look at him and try to figure out if he wants to go out. Is he, he housebroken or is there just a pile of poop? And then somewhere? he just poops right there, standing. Oh. And then he barks at you and licks your shin again. Oh. You keep saying he. I think we've. <laughs> it's it. It's an it. Uh, Only it can be puddles. It does manifest a penis, though, so... It has Whenever it wants to. I'm manifesting. Hey, um, it can manifest other things. It could. Oil it could be worse. Picks up Snoot, and I just holds him under his arm. He wags his tail and barks. <laughs> Good Snoot. Good Snoot. If there's still day, we could... Get those books, and you and me go back to the place tonight. And our day, what time of day is it? No, I'd get towards the end of the day. Has yeah. been out of it, but but it's still I still available. Hi, right, I know the way, and uh, I'm sure they'd be fancy meeting you. All right. 
Yeah, it's a short trip. Um, Should back we all down. Go there and then go to Balloon Bars. Balanos. Balanos. Sure, we can check a box. She can take a look at you, and that's one last person you have to see. Well, I mean, all of us. So we could all, all go. Oh, Mock and them are not back. I guess we oh, could wait yeah, until they get they're back. They're not back. You guys go. Oh, that's it's just you four. Okay. All right. The map house. It's, uh, it's a quick. Uh, it's a quick errand to have uh, what's his name fetched. Uh, Esclindar. Oh, right. That's, he did give us a name, didn't he? Yeah, that's quite yes, a name. he did. Name one ear out the other. Uh, master of the map house. Well, they're not dwarven names. And uh, he says, Excellent, you have returned with your offering. Oh, oh, uh, he smiles at you. to meet you? He uh, says, now Excellent you to meet you. Are you sure these only be copied and they harmed in any way? He says, uh, He looks offended and says, I would not harm a historical record. How dare you? Very well. Uh, <laughs> it feels like a gust of wind to be slapped by him. Oh, so sorry. Oh, yes. A true gust. Uh, <laughs> true gust. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, I'll offer you uh, a few books which have nay seen the light of day for many a century. Uh, he pulls out Kundil's journals and the history of Kundrakar pulled from the depths of Kundrakar. And His then eyes I'll, go wide and he says, from Kundrakar. From Kundrakar. He says, you've been there? We got there first. <laughs> he says, there is buzz. Uh, uh, it says, there is bugs among the uh, among the dwarven holds about a great expedition to Kundrakar. He says, I, I've been trying to get my hands, uh, I've been trying to get my hands on any sort of information. Well, you got it. He says, you've been there. You know where it is. Could you describe it in detail? Could you draw it on a map? Oh, could. He says, <laughs> for an exchange? Let's head to a more private place. Oh. oh. Uh. Does come back home then? <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge is to be shared. Yeah. With my companions, of course. Our reputation with them as well. Our reputation with the dwarves is just really good. Yeah. There's some things I, I feel would be best kept amongst the dwarves for the time being until the place has been secured. Oh. Coulson, we have seen what happens when secrets are kept amongst the dwarves. Aye, they're not... They're, they're secrets that the dwarves are aware of, the holds know, and just give them some time and they'll secure the place. I wouldn't want some jumped-up adventurers go and say, oh, we're going to go pull a, pillage the place, and there's there's great history and treasures and value there to the dwarven people, and I'd prefer it remain intact... I turn As you're walking back towards the yeah, private to the master, he says, "Then part of the price of this knowledge will be keeping it secret for a time. Would you keep it uh, secret from the public for uh, six months' time?" He says, "He says an embargo on information from adventurers is a standard part of uh, uh, of many of my arrangements. Of course, that can be done." Don't want to talk to adventurers. So there you have it, cousin. Adventurers ruin everything. Fine. <laughs> Natural. And as he has said, he just starts saying things about Kundrakar because he's just so excited to talk about it. Oh. And the guy's just sitting there taking it all in. Was he troglodyte? And Dwergenhar? He didn't get uh, to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys yeah, told the yeah, whole he did. story. In the town it's square, true. shouting from a soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> all the time he spent walking in the middle of hall, he was just reading, reading, and then he gets up and he's like, I'm ready to preach. <laughs> <laughs> Gather clues, friends. 
Uh, and he says, I have the great door. And all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Some call it the Forge of Fury. He had uh, called over a uh, lore master who has, is already uh, uh, starting the work of, uh, uh, of looking at your book and he's, and he's copying it down. Like, Ooh. just yeah. writing it as you guys are speaking. He says, this is one of my trusted, my most trusted lore masters, a senior lore master here at the map house. He says, it could be trusted with your, with, uh, uh, with keeping this knowledge a secret for, you said, six months' time. Right. He says, more than enough payment for the knowledge that you seek. Uh, and then he kind of sketches him out a map of where they went. And the area. The area. He right. says... For now, the stone's tooth mountain, I believe it was. not included. He says, I know the stone's tooth. Uh, uh, and he uh, looks around, grabs a nearby book, flips it out, and sure enough, there it is. Blassingdale, stone's tooth, detailed uh, uh, illustration of the area. He, he says, did. many travelers through that area never found Kunjakar before. You're sure this is where it is? I... Um, and, uh, he, he shows him the blue scars from his death and says, uh, encountered many a danger along the way. And, uh, death scars. he looks at Tristan and he nods and says, he says, tell me more, tell me more. Uh, he tells him everything except about the oak tree that they planted near the partially secret entrance. Oh, yeah. did block it off with a very thin veneer of stone. Yes. <laughs> very. It's like a paper thing. <laughs> knock, 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 cracks open. Uh, a small uh, earthquake will just make it shut. Uh, but yeah, after 45 minutes, an hour of him asking questions and uh, uh, just sending it all, he says, uh, he says, all right, you've rented <coughs> more than enough payment. What do you want to know about Deepa Mascar? How to get there primarily. He says, well, I think your best bet is to head to Skyclave. <laughs> Excellent. What else do you know? He says, Deepa Mascar performs all of its trade with Skyclave through a portal, a permanently open portal that uh, uh, that the Bard King of Skyclave, the Bard King of High Mascar, he says, is personally... Uh, 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 personally must approve any uh, uh, transfers one way or the other. Both sides have the power to shut down this portal from their own side. So it is a mutual uh, it is a mutual arrangement. He says, it, uh, he says nobody knows how to get to Deepa Mascar through the Underdark itself. There may not even be a path from the surface. He says this portal, that's the way to go. He says, of course convincing the right people that you need to get through will be a uh, challenge in and of itself but Pilgrimages are not unheard of. In fact, I heard uh, 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 says, I heard tale of a uh, of a group of Deepa Mascari tourists that are here in Silvery Moon just uh, just this week. Says uh, says haven't laid eyes on them myself. Sure would like to. Don't get to see them very often. He says, but they do sometimes travel. Um, he says, and oftentimes when they travel out, they offer exchange of people being allowed to travel in, as you saw from. Uh, uh, smooth and trusty true gust. <laughs> smooth and trusty. <laughs> smooth and trusty. He says, I think your best bet would be to get involved in that program and get into Deepa Mascar that way. Excellent. That's- he says, plus traveling to Skyclave would be, uh, would be a far more, uh, a far safer journey than, uh, than through the untold depths of the Underdark. Aye, the Underdark can be, uh, Treacherous place. That is certain. 
uh, he, he says, "I'll go fetch you some more books on uh, uh, every tome I have that uh, that references Deepa Mascar and its trade relationships with Haya Mascar." Says, uh, "There's plenty to glean there. Maybe a lot you could learn uh, uh, to get a head start on how to uh, how to insert yourself into whatever process there may be." Can't say I personally know the details to that degree, but I certainly know the books where you'll find them. That yeah. sounds very dry and very boring. Scrimgorn, do you have any interest in helping with that? He says, but it's reading historical records. And I do appreciate... No, I, I do appreciate that. But I am also acknowledging that there are those that... That's, they just don't have the taste for it. Uh, Scrimgorn, my compatriot, I don't... You're not much for books. I didn't join you guys. Are you, you oh, there I thought it was the four he, of us. He oh, I thought the four of you went. Oh, I thought the two of you went. That was my first suggestion, and then he was like, let's all go. Yeah, your two pairs went together. I just assumed all four of you oh, went. Yeah, you don't we, have to. You certainly... Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I thought it was four of us. Oh, it was four of us. I, I made mean, well, so, um, <clears throat> You passed that on. Uh, Scrim says... <clears throat> no, not a great interest. <laughs> all right, well... Correct. Uh, well, then, you... I haven't chatted much on the subject. Are you much book learning? You study research? Is that a thing you enjoy? It's not something I've done much of, but I mean, I could try. I don't, can't guarantee any usefulness from it. All right. Well, I'm going to get you the books anyway, and he uh, heads off. He's, he seems to have lost his taste. And he's bringing back like a tome every couple minutes. Yeah. Like here's another one. Chuchin just tearing through them. And he, it's piling them up high, and then he's got like a little tray, that, uh, uh, a little uh, uh, wooden uh, cart on wheels that he brings on over and uh, places more books on there. He says, many of these only have a page or two of reference, but uh, uh, he says, but any good historian knows, uh, it's all about putting together what you don't know to see what you're missing. Which one is the most pictures? Uh, he looks a around. Children's guy. <laughs> he looks around and he says, "This one, oh, famous for the illustrations, just gorgeous illustrations of architecture." He says, "Got one in there of uh, of the closed quarter sections of Skyclave." He says, "Might give some. Uh, uh, I, I think there might be even some of the portal room. I don't think the portal is depicted in the pictures, but well, says, that's why I brought that one out. Something visually that looks familiar to what he remembers seeing when he was in the Mascara." Scrimcorn. All right, what, what, what books do you have on the wildlife and the uh, famed Deep Mascar? Is there any legends of creatures or Critters. dogs with an oil-like mushrooms? Mushrooms. <laughs> Very big mushrooms. He says, uh, uh, "I'm sludges." He says, all the records yeah, cool. indicate that, uh, that around yeah, the seal of Deepa Mascar, it doesn't differ very much from uh, the rest of those layers of the Underdark, which by all accounts is quite deep in the Underdark. Okay. So That's you've got your standard that. tentacled uh, beasties and mind-eating uh, creatures and uh, uh, dark dwarves, uh, no offense, and... Uh, None taken. Uh, and, all such, uh, uh, and all such beasties. He says, I could grab a couple tomes from uh, of those such things. He says, but can't say that uh, uh, can't say that I've heard. Nor does hmm? smooth and trusty True Gust uh, make any mention of unusual wildlife uh, uh, in Deep Mascar. Right. Anything about dogs in Deep Mascar? Dogs, like pets. Dogs. He says all sorts of strange dogs in the Underdark. That's for sure. You've got your hellhounds. You've got your demon hounds. You've got your devil displacer hounds. Displacer beasts. You've got your displacer beasts. 
You got your Hades hounds, your yeah, yeah, afterlife Hades, hounds. Hades hounds. You've got your. Um, occasionally, you get Ghosts. to see a Cerberus. Death dogs. Uh, death dogs. Uh, 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 dark dogs. Uh, blink dogs. Deep dark dogs. Blink dogs. Deep dark dogs. Sphinx dogs. Shadow battle like battle cat. dogs. <laughs> shadow shadow battle dogs. Oil rain feels under his cloak, kind of like snoot. It's actually. <laughs> He kind of like puts the cloak, but he covers him a little bit more. Shadow dogs. Would you like to know what kind of dog you've got? They have breeds and such. I mean, they might. Maybe it's a type of dog that routinely turns into a puddle. Um, Puddle beasts. (laughs) All right. uh, I just uh, confession. I brought my pet with me. Uh, <laughs> Did you not see the sign on the door that says no pets allowed? I was trying to be. Well, I mean, if I told. I mean, you, you must have since you kept it a secret. Well, he's more than a pet, actually. He's kind of a. Uh, he's uh, something. Yeah, it's always more than a pet. They say not allowed in the map house. Pets eat paper. There's something oh. different about him. Fungus. Do you want to see him? Familiar oh. pets. Oh. You know. Do you want to see my uh, He says, can't say that I do. I'm not much of a... Uh, he says, I'm not much of a, uh, a <coughs> animal expert. I'm more about uh, 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 atlases, maps, histories. Starts jiggling. Look at it! Look at it! He says, yes. My dog! Brock looks to Tristan and says, if it weren't for your generous donation to the map house... Uh, uh, he says, I would be asking your friend quite strongly to leave. But instead, I will ask you to politely ask your friend to leave. He's magic. He's magic. He's going to promise you any second now he'll do some magic. Uh, <laughs> uh, why don't you and Oilvane go and, I don't know. See the sights. Uh, up with Mark and Berger. Get high by the river again. You said the same thing. dismissively. Ah! <laughs> Turn into a puddle! Let's go, brother! Come on! Stop shaking that dog! It's gonna throw up! Puddle! Come on! Puddle! Form of puddle! Alright, Scram and Oil uh, leave the map house. Can I come back later? I wasn't done looking at that book. It says, without the dog. Alright. Uh, alright. Uh, will keep me company for a while. Uh, but I would like, you know, to go back home at a reasonable hour. Well, under Tankleton, I'm we can come back tomorrow. There are a lot of books. Oh, the guys, sun, uh, the sun sets in Drushton has only has only gotten through a few of the books uh, in this large of that stack. Uh, Scrimcorn, oil vein, back to the room. I assume not doing any other significant okay. business. Did um, we have to pay an entrance fee for that place? Um, they waived it in this particular case because you were coming to bring oh, the books. Okay. Um, and, uh, and back, uh, Scrimcorn, Oilvane, sees, uh, Malkin Bearjaw back at, uh, oh wait, no, you hadn't done your thing. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't know if you want to flash back or whatever, Diamond, but, Diamond yeah. Thing? So, the, the deep investigation yeah. of the Stone of Arguments <coughs> ended. Malk like spends. Jasperite or something, I don't know what type you said it was. It was, uh. Jadeite or, or Yeah, was, uh, really weird name. I'm, I'm not, I know I'm not getting it. make deal for gems. It was something that was crazy rare, a, a crazy rare, real gem. It was great. 
Rarest. I don't know. Gem. Well, anyway, so you're investigating the gem. And uh, this is a, you know, this is an expert level sort of looking into this. And what Mock sees, what Mock can see right away is... Um, Jacinth. 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 The gem is too perfect. Um, uh, he gets it under. He, he gets it under his tools. He's using. He's using his the uh, the guy's you know personal, personal. tools. Yeah. He's got a very fine jeweler's mm. eye. Like a uh, uh, this is the sort of thing that even journeymen don't have a uh, probably a crafted tool like by this. his own hand. He like ground those lenses himself. Yeah, and this thing Pretty is the, the ability to measure luster itself. This is the sort of thing that mock had in his height, but not the kind of thing he would have brought with him. He probably nah. sold it at some point, sure. uh, you know, because this is an expensive uh, piece of equipment along with uh, some other um, some other pieces. And Mock finds that uh, the gem is too perfect. As he's looking into it, it's immediately obvious, you know, that the subtle striations that you would expect to see uh, uh, in the material itself, they're not there. Or if they are there, they're 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 too straight. Um, and how does it smack? To, how, how does it compare to the eerie, sterile feeling he got from the room where we found the hammer of all souls? Is it the, that degree? Like like perfect angles? Because again, you try to like again when you're carving a gem, you just it's it's a it's an, an exercise in geometry. Yeah, and you know geometry is perfect. The hand is not. No, that's where um, that's where Mock's mind immediately goes because yeah, I mean the color, the hardness, the clarity, all, all of it is is it's just perfect angles and perfect smoothness. You know, there's there's not the the, the signs of the jeweler's tool used it. Now right. Mock has cut some gems in his time. Someone could use their finest equipment and look at it, nor would, and they would not find. Uh, uh, they would not find evidence of the cutting but either. Mock would know where they were. But Mock would know where yeah. they were because Mock is no mere expert. He yeah. is a clan's craftsman, yeah. and even uh, with his unpracticed eye in recent history, you know this is the sort of thing that he's his mind dives deeper and deeper into. And, and it, it becomes with the artist almost an emotional thing. It just like it doesn't feel right at a certain point. It's just like this is you're you're expe- you look at it, you're like this is just it just. Your body viscerally reacts, viscerally reacts to it. He's seen and, thousands. And when and when Mock lets his sort of trance set in, when he starts sort of engaging at that emotional level with the gem, like really, like he's seeing it and he's processing it mentally, but he's also just letting his intuition wash over him to like sort of inspect in at this is when Mock starts feeling the hair raise on the back of his neck. He feels his stomach start to turn, and as he holds his gaze on the gem, because he doesn't want to lose what he's looking for here, he starts feeling a suffocation as he uh, continues to concentrate on the intricacies of the gem, so that he has to stop and gasp for air as he pulls himself out of it. Wow. Yeah, and he just shakes it off and kind of looks at it and like, Holds it in the light again, and just—I mean—he just—he does he feel? Does he feel simply physically impacted, or does he feel like a danger there? He feels like what, what this is—is is that was that heavy, or was that like whoa, whoa, 
good thing I pulled out. Like, who knows how it was a. It wasn't like a. It didn't. It wasn't a magical effect pulling him into this. This was more a. You know, he let. He let. If he did the same thing in this room with uh, uh, that you were talking about, he 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 wouldn't get the same feeling. (coughs) He knows the comforting emotion and feelings of uh, uh, of Morden, right? And that was what was present in this place. As you looked, you couldn't help but let. Your your sort of mind and body and spirit be 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 taken in by the beauty of that place more than you did feel that yeah. sort of overwhelming. If you concentrated too deeply, it would threaten to sort of overwhelm you. But it was a totally different. Mm-hmm. This is reminiscent of that feeling, but it is, but it is dark and suffocating, and uh, uh, yeah. and and one might even describe as evil yeah. um, in the in the very physical construction of it. Wow. Um, upon that truth, he 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 has what he know, he has what he needs, and he yeah he just he he, he doesn't want to risk going back down that, and even harkens back to the feelings that he had holding holding that derider claw so many years ago, uh, an artifact that he knows played its part in his own demise. He he has not only has he has, has he fought evil for many years and knows evil's many faces. But the the embodiment of evil in an in something that's been made, something that's been crafted, is something he's experienced before. And this kind of like his his participation with that causes him to immediately shy away and kind of like I'm not gonna go back down for a second helping of whatever that was. And he covers it up and uh, <clears throat> goes back out the bottom. He says, ah, Bodvik, <clears throat> thank you for that. I was able to. Uh, well, all I needed to know. Uh, let's talk about some some diamonds uh, briefly before I I'm on my way today, and just immediately kind of deflects onto another topic. And he says, uh, says, of course, of course. He says, hope you learned what you needed to learn. No, oh, very very useful, and uh, a, a beautiful family heirloom that I I've, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't know where else to go to 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 take such a fine look. Excellent tools. I compliment you on their on their creation. And uh, all right, and they talk business for a bit. Get the diamonds that you guys need yeah, and to make the list. So I'm going to take 500 off of what I said. <coughs> you usually just give me the rate of like, like if it's a 300 gold gem, how much of a discount would I get? Because I'm taking them from the rough to that level. Yeah, just so get the side. We can do it. We don't, yeah. I don't think uh, we have to do it. In this I would moment. love we, one we that's don't. finished for the short term. Aha. How long does it take you to get a diamond cut? Uh, I mean, we're talking on the order of days. It's not like months. Okay. Well, uh, you're called it. You're, 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 you're negotiating. All right. This is mine. Baron provides a shopping list of, of how many you are. The group does. <laughs> I think it was three. I think, yeah. I think three was the number that was thrown three, out. And there three are three, 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 300 okay. gold diamonds. Okay. So we'll you figure look. out. We'll figure out the cost. No worries. Okay. And um, cool. Yeah. And when you're all done, um, head out to see Bearjaw just continuing the sparring. That's amazing. Well, as long as she's got the stamina it's been, for it's it. Been about, it's been about an hour. That's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, like I said, she's just she's just dripping sweat <coughs> and is like wide-eyed, like continuing. She's, uh, uh, her her hands are just completely like red uh, uh, sore from gripping the, uh, from gripping the sword. And she's got, uh, you know, she's got little cuts and bruises. It's a bit different from fighting a... Yeah, a, a dummy. <laughs> he says, "I've learned so much." You're pretty good. I mean, you could take a 
There's somebody larger than a weasel, perhaps, now. Don't you think? Uh, this plan is backfired. <laughs> <laughs> she nods. Uh, she nods excitedly, and uh, and she sees that Mock's coming out, and she says, Please, wait here. And she uh, runs back inside. Comes back out. I know, no, I've, I've heard this trick before. <laughs> Come back Comes out. back out two minutes later and uh, uh, and hands uh, Bear Jaw a gem, a cut gem. Ooh, Look, she's stealing gems, Daddy! Get her! She says, she says, your time is worth money. She says, uh, she says, I hope this is fair payment. It's worth about two gold. Hmm. Did you bite it? That's, uh, I mean, you assume that's what you do. I don't know how much Bear John knows or doesn't know about gems. She knows fuck all about gems. As far as, like, value goes, she could give her, like, a... That would be a totally thing for her to bite her, right? Yeah, cool. Cool. Bite the rock. Thanks. (laughs) She just kind of awkwardly thanks her for it, um, and, uh, you know, slips it into a a pack or whatnot. Uh, you know, appreciating the gesture perhaps more than the item itself. And Mox says to, uh, young Aurora, he says, uh... He says, well, uh, thank you, lass, for giving uh, uh, good Berger here uh, Something some, to do. Some, some sport some sport while your your father and I conducted our business. But she's not ready to kill a man yet. And then upon that, he looks he looks kind of like a little bit more kind of condescendingly at Aurora. He says, you hear what she says? You're not ready to kill yet. I'd, he says, I would spend a great amount of time preparing yourself before you do anything foolhardy and rash. Your father needs your help, too. At least another ten years. At least another ten years. And, uh... You hear the voice of Baron. She just sort of, like, scrunches her nose belligerently and says, uh, says, we'll see. He says, we will. And, uh, she heads inside, and, uh, her father just grunts at her as, uh, she passes by. And, uh, he says, a pleasure doing business with you, with you Mock. Uh, well met, Barvik, and uh, hope to see you uh, w- w- once more in the future. But uh, the fates will d- d- will dictate that. And uh, he looks to Bearjaw, and he says, "And thank you." You shall buy that girl some armor, or perhaps knee pads. Start small, I guess. He uh, uh, he just frowns and he nods at her several times, and then walks back into his shop. <laughs> I'm just saying, she Mark, Mark, no, no, easily. I, I agree, I agree. Mock and Bearjaw return to <laughs> re, return back home where Baron and Scrim and Soil <laughs> Vane uh, already are. This is that past dark now. Oh, wait, no, you guys weren't there for that long. Anyway. Um, whatever. You get back there, uh, uh, you get back there, and Mock starts carving away. He has hours to burn. Yeah, he's, he's got hours right to burn. Right into those jewels. And uh, before long, then before long, Baron and uh, Oil Van Scrim cornerback, Drewston is not <coughs> back until way late at night. The map house does not uh, close, and so he's able to stay there as long as he needs. Uh, it closes to new visitors, but they don't kick people out that are studying. Mm. Dangerous policy. It's, uh, it's, it's not the, the last hobo population that they use with alcohol. You know, there's Kazin's a little worried about him, though, so he heads home well, only a couple hours after sundown. 
yeah, couple hours. Partially because Baron doesn't leave until he does. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought you said, oh, I thought you said you were keeping him company, yeah, but not that long. He gave just right. No, I was going to keep him company, but let's not stay too long, cousin. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Uh, then yeah, then it's like, Baron and uh, Justin are the last to arrive home uh, a couple hours after uh, sundown. Yeah, good food, some ale. Uh, good food, good ale, and another night in the Golden Oak. Uh, Baron relates to them, or I bet Scrimcorn does, because they probably talked to him first about Balanos and the airship and the Sprite quest, and yeah. So Sprite. Wait, do you guys, you guys still have everyone in on everything? Yeah. Yeah, Mark's furious about what you guys told them at the. At the <laughs> Everything. Like he, he, so I mean, we can role play it, or we can just talk about it. Mark just says, "You bloody fucking told them what?" Oh, they'll keep a secret for a few months, cousin. He says that information belongs to the dwarves. And tell me, young Dresden, obviously livid, what did you get for this bargain that you gave them? We got a way to get to Deeper Mascar. And what's that worth? Versus the have a king's ransom that the location of Karundrakar commands. <laughs> he says, Colson, uh, that knowledge of Karundrakar was bought through the betrayal of our grandpappy. He says, we're simply paying back the debt we owe to Karundrakar. Owe to Karundrakar? Pay back the debt? Pay, pay back to whom? For what reason? He says, he says, it's the, the most fundamental uh, principle of a dwarf to great value for him and his kin on the on the sweat and toil of his brow. You, your cousin, myself, we we risk life and limb to go to Karundarkar and back and to come. And you simply cast that information like pearls before swine to the first person who waves a pretty tome at you. Drusen, you're simply out of your depth, and I cannot believe that you would share this knowledge without talking to your kin here. And, and striking the best deal that you know is, is, is met for it. He says, he says, and I am, and he looks to Bear and he says, and I, I imagine they, they, uh, they accepted this bargain arms wide open. Uh, I, I mean, I figured by the time six months have passed, the knowledge of where Krimjakar is is not going to be that secret. He says, uh, the dwarves all probably, we should have, I mean, the expedition's all been sent out, the area reclaimed and secured. Whether it's known or not, it's not that much. He says, uh, Bear, I I think you underestimate the value. I think you underestimate the value <coughs> by a great shade. He says, uh, from what you tell me of this map house, he says they, 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 have, been, they have been dying, dying for word of Karundakar. There's probably a whole of 20 people on this, in this entire realm, who know of this place. Right, and they've been dying for the Karundakar, which means word's already gotten out. He says, of its existence, aye. He no, says, no. Realize. The fact that it's been refound and discovered. Bad. How many hundreds of years did Karundukar exist without anyone knowing of its location other than the dwarves? Now they mentioned they've been hearing rumors. Rumors. Rumors indeed. Aye, but, but recent. The, lo- the location itself in Dergeddon's day was a hidden location. We did not share that location with outsiders to protect the craftsmen and their, and their holy work. And Kulzenbach. The only reason that we didn't, that uh, our ancestors didn't know of Adric's betrayal was because it was a secret. He says, he says, I, the, the, the betrayal of Adric has nothing to do with the location of dwarven settlements, our holy craftsmanship, and the protection of our people. He says, simply cast us to outsiders without any sort of thought of the, of the civilization behind it is outrageous. <laughs> 
<laughs> he says, uh, <laughs> uh, you're overthinking it, Colson. Uh, uh Kundur card does not belong to us anymore. It belonged to someone, no, someone who was killed by our grandpappy. Uh, Mark says, and he, he, he calms down a mite, but he says, he says, he says, Drustin, uh, he says, I wonder where the line is drawn. When will you share the deep secrets, the, 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 the well-kept hidden knowledge of Gontelgrim, the secrets that your father protected with his own life, that he kind of like, who will you tell to tell those secrets to? What small crumbs will it take to pry those prized secrets of our kin and clan away from your loose lips that flap in front of strangers with no mere prompting? He says, uh, he says, I would be more careful with, uh, with your with your grand knowledge, young Drustin Green, emphasis on green, and he says, as uh, as as you wave our prized possessions in front of the world that knows us not. He says, uh, he says, uh, uh, he says, I hope, I, I, he says, you're now the only man that can get the true value of what you've laid before them at the map house, and I expect you to do it. Jason stands up and says, the true value of a secret? The true value of a secret is the, the only value. The true value of the knowledge. The, the true value, value of the knowledge. It's <coughs> the only thing I found from secrets is that secrets take from you. They take your family away. They take the owner of your grandpappy away. I have no use for secrets. If it were for me, oi, everyone oi, would oi, know oi, about Kroonjakar. Secrets, whatever. Knowledge is valuable. You agree? I, but it is only valuable because it is kept by those in power. It should nay be. No, 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 no. It is valuable. It's not valuable because it's getting. It, it's valuable, right? How to do a thing, how to get to a place. It has value intrinsically. The food is valuable, but you would not nay keep it from a hungry soul. Aye, but you'd not, you know, give it away for free. <laughs> really? You might be talking to the wrong person. <laughs> he he says, "I would." Thrusting. It costs blood and sweat and tears to learn a thing, to make a thing. He says, if you put all of your life and time and effort into a thing and simply give it away, what does it leave you with? It leaves me with companions? With those who I can share the knowledge with? He shakes his head. He says, perhaps it is my time outside of uh, the dwarven holds that have shown me this, but charity cousin... Charity is not simply something you do to give yourself a good place in the afterlife. It's something you do to make the world a better place while you're living in it. Uh, Mark says, look at this city that we're in, Drusen. If everyone simply just opened up their larders and said, take what you like, the place would turn into anarchy. It would be war. It would be death. It would be starvation. It would be disease. There needs to be an order. There must be value assigned. There is, or life means nothing. He says, what, what, what does your life mean to you? Does, is, it, is it something to be taken without a thought? He says, I, if you simply value your life with money, cousin. No, no, no. Order, recompense, fairness, trade. You can't just like, oh, I have something. I'll give it all to everyone for free. He's, you know. He shakes his head, he says. Knowledge makes life better. I would gladly give away everything I know and live a pauper's life. He says, cousin, that is something we may never agree on. He says, he says, 
Ah, uh, we, we may, cousin. But let me ask you this. What's the worst that's come of you sharing knowledge? Says, uh, it is not the sharing of knowledge that has ca- is the worst that's happened. It's the secret. The worst thing that's ever happened to me was finding out my grandpappy is a genocidal maniac. And great, you didn't add my question one whit. What's the worst that's come of you sharing knowledge, not withholding it? Uh, he says, I was cast aside by my family. But at least I'm not in the same family with that bastard. And he goes into his room and slams the door. And we'll continue next week. We'll continue yeah. next week. Sorry, <laughs> well, I'm glad we did it this week. I was thinking about waiting, but we had to get it on. <coughs> I wanted Scrim to, to jump in with, through a Mox thing when Mox started really. calming down, but it didn't seem like he was calming down, so... He got... Uh, he did. Yeah, so I, I, I want to continue yum, yum. this conversation well, when we pick up. Well, oh, we, we, we definitely will. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's important to me that I, we don't, we don't I, come yeah. to a different scene. And I, I thought about not playing <laughs> The, pull the pin on the, the grenade, grenade until next week. No, it was but really I, important. I, I felt like we, we had to set the intensity. It was really important. Yeah. <laughs> that was no, good. That was very good. Jim wants to approach the pragmatic side of uh, the utilitarian.